When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time to talk Jerry Jones. Now, John Sally will join us in just a little while to talk Draymond's return and Draymond's game-turning technical and Draymond's awful fourth quarter as the Warriors blew a 24-point lead and lost at Sacramento. But first up, it is time to talk with my guys, Richard Sherman and Keyshawn Johnson, and get them to react to what Jerry Jones said yesterday about the Eagles. Jerry publicly acknowledged yesterday on his radio show that he has been tormented, if not haunted, by the way the Eagles keep winning close games. Jerry said, what have I done to deserve this? Why can't that ball bounce the right way? All those things go through your mind. Now, where, where have I heard this before? Oh, oh, yeah. From me to open Monday show when I called the Eagles' last four games the luckiest stretch in NFL history. Four straight times they have trailed at halftime. Four straight times they have been outgained by their opponent by a whole lot, by an average of 430 yards to 321 yards. And somehow they won, and they won, and they won, and they won. At Philly, Dak Prescott threw for 173 yards in the fourth quarter alone to Jalen Hurts' three yards passing in the fourth. Yet the Cowboys near missed two-point conversion, and that one inch from Paydirt pass on fourth down kept the Cowboys from pulling that game out. All those Chiefs drops against the Eagles in Kansas City, all those bad calls, and Josh Allen's missed wrong page Game-winning touchdown pass in overtime last Sunday. I mean, come on. The Eagles have been so lucky. I feel and I appreciate Jerry's pain, and I love it that he voiced his anguish. You've got to speak it out of existence. The Eagles' edge of the cliff luck will run out, especially if it is called out. But, Richard, I'm assuming you and Keyshawn feel very differently about this. So you first, Richard, your response to what Jerry said. Well, they always say, Skip, they always say winners, they focus on winning. And that's what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing. Losers focus on the winners. And that's what Jerry Jones is doing. He's focused on the Eagles and not his team improving. This team is coming off a Super Bowl appearance. They were expected to be a really good team, and they are. And so in these games, they show championship medal. They make the plays necessary to win these games because they are a championship team. And so it's going to look like that to teams that haven't been to the championship, teams that haven't won things lately in the last decade, two decades, three decades. It's going to look like luck. But the reason it's not luck is because this formula is proven. Nobody stumbles and lucks into 10 and 1 against three eight-win teams. Skip, they're not... You might be one by luck. You maybe beat two. You don't beat three by luck. And they're beating them consecutively. So I, I don't know, Jerry. I mean, I, I, you're reaching. You're grasping for straws. Focus on your team. You're, you got your team. Quarterback is playing really well right now. 
Your defense is playing well. Focus on your guys, your season. That's all I can say because you focusing on Philadelphia Eagles isn't going to win you any games. Yeah, I think when, when you think about it, Skip, the Philadelphia Eagles are to the tune of everything that you and Jerry are talking about. They're 10-1. Okay, if we go and we look up amongst many NFL teams with winning records or teams that have played teams with winning records and have beaten those teams, the margins aren't going to be great. You know, it's seven or less, nine or less points in, in, in wins. It's not, you're not running away with victories unless you play the New York Giants twice. That, in, the New, in the New York Jets with, without Aaron Rodgers. In the New England Patriots, it's not a good team. That's when you blow teams out. But for the most part in the National Football League, you're a touchdown or less. You know, you're not going to always win double digits. You're not going to always be up at halftime. You think about this as they in baseball, because you've covered baseball before and, and you know it. Mm-hmm. If somebody does something in the third inning, the, the announcer goes, well, that was a bad, you know, he, 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 the shortstop muffed that and it's going to come back to hunt them later in the game. Now in the ninth inning, your closer's up, game's over. You never hear the announcer say that again. It's the same thing in football. You fumble in the second quarter, oh, man, that's going to hurt us. You never hear it if you win. The only time you hear you slamming on the table and going nuts is when they lose. You say, well, if they didn't fumble in the second quarter. It's like, man, you wouldn't even say that if they won. You wouldn't even be thinking about that. But you're focusing on the wrong things, like Richard said. You are hoping and praying, and I'm, and I'm speaking to Jerry, hoping and praying that the Philadelphia Eagles lose games so that you can take control of the division. Rather than saying, hey, we need to control our own destiny, and whatever happens in Philadelphia happens in Philly. When we see them a week from now, we'll take care of business against them. We Not will. worrying about what they're doing and how they're winning and how they're losing, and he scratches his head and wonders, why is these things happening to him? Well, if you would probably put Jimmy Johnson in the damn ring of honor 20 years ago, maybe you'd have had a couple Super Bowls by now, Skip. Are you saying the curse might have just been broken? That's what our man Michael Irvin is it, suggesting it, it, it might could, have just happened. It could very well be the case. Uh-huh. I'm not a, uh, what do they call the people, <laughs> like a psych or anything like that. I'm just assuming that maybe that's the reasoning. Maybe it is the reasoning. Okay, I'm going to give you both this. I cannot defend what my team did at Arizona. I definitely cannot defend what Richard's 49ers did to my team at San Francisco, that 42 to 10 thing. So we put ourselves in a hole. I give you that. But you have to appreciate my perspective and certainly Jerry's perspective from on high because the team you're chasing should have lost three straight games. And you say, shoulda, coulda, woulda, if it were a fifth, we'd all be drunk. I hear this every day from you guys, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying that history would tell you when you get outgained that badly, when you trail at halftime four straight times, history would scream at you. You're going to lose at least one of those games, if not two of these games. And you should have lost three of these games in a row because the teams you were playing did everything except beat you. And I know Richard <laughs> hates to hear that, but it's just the God's truth about my Cowboys in the fourth quarter having 14 first downs to Philly's none in the fourth quarter. 
and my quarterback steps out of bounds on a two-point try, or we might be having a different conversation. What does Keyshawn say in the commercial that we made? Got to stay in bounds. Am I right, Keyshawn? You, you well, just got to yeah, stay in bounds. Of course he okay. had to stay in bounds. It didn't okay. happen, Skip. And you come up here every single time we have these conversations talking about the 173 yards in the fourth quarter to Jalen Hurts' is three. Doesn't mean anything. Well, it means it you means put nothing. yourself in position to win the game. I I'm put myself okay. in a position to be president of the United States. Okay. It doesn't mean anything because I'm not. All right. And it means I, nothing. We're showing Dak <laughs> stepping out of bounds here. Then, then we throw it to our rookie tight end on fourth and goal. Okay, it's fourth and goal, and he catches the football, but his knee comes down one inch short of the goal line. So he should have went one inch okay, further. I, I, I got it, but it's just so close. It's just so close. It's so, one so, inch away. So. It's one inch and one inch. Two, two inches so. from victory where you were in position. Go ahead, Richard. <laughs> I mean, I mean, skip, skip. That's the difference between winning and losing okay. football games. I'm sorry fine to say line. this I is a game it. of inches. It's a fine line. And you're, you're, you keep saying if, if the Dallas Cowboys had had this streak of wins, skip, I could not imagine what you'd be doing because you couldn't even stand because you'd be floating through the studio because you would say you just beat three contenders consecutively. I mean, you, you, I okay. mean, they, they had a game but, in between. But Richard, but Richard, you'd be gr- to, to your point. If you know me and know my history, I can be a harshly objective Cowboy fan. I can be. I can be hard on Dak Prescott, and I have been. Mm -hmm. And my jury Mm -hmm. is still out in the back of my mind about Dak Prescott, who's playing at a supremely high level as we speak. I love that. Do I trust it? No. So my point is, Richard, if roles were reversed and my team had just won three edge of cliff games like that, I would be coming out here saying, I'm not sure. I'm not sold. I don't love the way my defense is playing because Philly's defense right now has allowed the 20th most points in, in all of football. They're ranked 20th in points allowed. That That's not Super Bowl stuff. I think you would agree with me. I think it is Super Bowl uh, stuff, Skip. You do? Yeah. You know why? Because they close out the games when they need to. Hassan Reddick, he may disappear He may disappear for three and a half quarters. That last little bit in the fourth quarter, guess what he does? Like I used to tell dudes, Richard, you know how y'all, you know the DBs, they talk crazy to you when you ain't got no catches or you got minimum catches for the first three quarters. And I tell them, I say, I'm going to come and get you. Don't worry about me. I'm going to get you. The moment that you blink, I'm going to get you. And that's the sign ready. That's the, the things that they do defensively. And this is what we're asking the Dallas Cowboys and Michael Parsons to be able to do. The moment that we need you to rise, we need you to rise. We don't need to keep right. talking about what happened with Dak in the fourth quarter. We need you to close games out like the and, Eagles and to that, do. To that, to that point, that's how championships are won. You don't yes. win them in blowouts. You win them. You get in these playoffs. The games get ugly. They get nitty-gritty. They rarely go how you anticipate them going. And guess what? You have to find a way to win. And that's what the Philadelphia Eagles have done. That's why they made it to the Super Bowl last year. That's why they, they are considered amongst the favorites to make it to the Super Bowl this year with the San Francisco 49ers. Because at the end of the day, when you, when you, when you get out-yarded in the fourth quarter, when your quarterback only has three yards passing, can you find a way to win the game? And they are proving each and every week Absolutely. they can or, find a number of ways to win the game. Or maybe Dallas found a way to lose the game. Is that fair? Because I, I can argue I mean, it's stronger that, that way. 
That's fair, too. But maybe that's their problem. They're going to find a way to lose a game in the playoffs. They have found a way to lose games in the playoffs. And so you can put it either way. But at at the end of the day, you go home, you don't advance if you don't get the job done. So you you can be as close as you want to be. You could have as many yards as you want. If you don't have more points, skip. You go home. Yeah, Richard, what did you tell me? What did you say right here on air on this show about what happened at Kansas City on that Monday night game? The Chiefs dropped six passes, and if I, I don't want to quote you exactly, but I think you said that the only reason the Eagles won is that the Chiefs handed it to them. They, they literally dropped it and gave it to them, right? Well, Valdez Scantley dropped the pass that would have gave them the lead in the game, so um, they would have definitely had a chance. I mean, there's still a minute and some change left. Jalen Hurts has shown a propensity to drive down the field in those situations and respond, so not necessarily – uh, a guaranteed win. It wasn't like it was less than 20 seconds left on the clock or something like that where would have gave the Eagles no chance, but this definitely would have changed the game uh, for sure. Okay, and yet Kansas City dropped six passes that night, and I know they lead the league in drops, but in, in a game of that magnitude on Monday Night Football at Arrowhead, mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. Patrick Mahomes probably would tell you in his heart of hearts, I threw it well enough to win that game. If, if my guys catch five of those six drop passes, we win that game. It even went to the wire. Uh, the, the last rocket that Patrick threw yeah, to, Watson. Him, to Watson would have given him a chance, one more chance. Yeah, but and he couldn't even catch that. But again, you're focused in on six bad, five bad things that happened to Kansas City. Not enough good things that happened to the Philadelphia Eagles in that game. The good things that happened to the Eagles is the fact that they did in fact, dropped those balls. But could it be such that the pressure was applied to the Philadelphia, to the San Francisco, the Kansas City Chiefs Mm -hmm. in Arrowhead because they were playing the Philadelphia Eagles in their lack of focus? I'm just, all I'm telling you is I'm giving you both sides of it, Skip. Okay, the lack of focus is there. They didn't drop a whole bunch of passes last week. They dropped them in the week before because they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Could it be that? That's all I'm saying. Could it be that? Is anybody really intimidated by that Eagles defense? I first it's not. It's not a matter of being intimidated by them. It may just be the fact that we know we're playing a really good team, and now all of a sudden this stress, this stress that I is applied to me. I remember Coach Parcells, and I like saying this because it's, it's so true. Deron Bland is a corner of the Dallas Cowboys. And Bill would say to me all the time about different players on the sidelines, practice, whatever it is, he'd look at a guy and he'd simply say, something is good about him. Something always happens good. Yep. Whether or not he catches in a six-pack, uh, six whether he dives on a, a loose fumble, when another guy tries it, Dak Prescott, he goes out of bounds, throws it to the tight end. There's a knee. Maybe something always bad true. happens in these situations okay. to the Dallas Cowboys because they're not quite good enough where the Philadelphia Eagles are good enough to overcome their mistakes that they've made earlier in the game. And you have yet to understand that and accept that. No, I do accept it in one way and one way only. I would dismiss the entire Eagles team as fraudulent if not for their quarterback. But I, I first guessed him. A.J. Brown is like one of the top one, yeah. one two receivers in the league. How can he be really? fraudulent? Uh, I, I've seen him have games in which he caught 
at Kansas City one pass. The dude, had, Richard, what was his okay. record? It was six in a row over 150 yeah. yards. Six in a row over, 100, okay. over 125 and yards I saw receiving. Come on, man. I saw Legere Sneed take him out of the game completely one catch for eight yards. I'm just saying. If you and focus they, they in that game. on that one game based on Kansas City sitting down with the red dot on him the entire week saying whatever you do, do not let him beat you. We're going to slide people to him. We're going to double him. We're going to bracket him. We're going to do all these sort of things and get Jalen Hurts off of him. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? Okay. I saw C.D. Lamb. Wait a second. Real quick. I saw C.D. Lamb outplay A.J. Brown at Philadelphia. That's what I saw. And they lost. Okay. They win. Big yards. 191 yards. But he lost. Okay. I'm going to keep the 191 to put on my so, bio? Come on, Skip. So, 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 Skip, so, Skip, it, now it's yardage marks that matter. At the end of the day, <laughs> did you watch the clip of Brandon Graham when he was – when they were, they were in OT and uh, the Buffalo Bills it. were kicking a field goal. Yep, And Brandon it. Graham said Jalen Hurts is going to win this game. He did. He had no, he had no reason to think otherwise. Okay. Skip, this team is a team that knows they're going to win these games, believes they're going to win these games. They're not surprised by it. So – there's something special about the kid, to Keyshawn's point. Maybe there is a glow about him. Maybe Jalen Hurts does have that magic about him that allows him to come back in these games yes. even when all hope is lost and all is lost and he's getting it done. Okay. So you can say what you want to say. You can't always explain, but winning is winning. They're 10-1. and one. Richard, I first guessed Jalen Hurts. You can look back at my timeline. You're going to have to go deep. But on draft day, the moment they took him, I tweeted, he will change life in Philadelphia. He will immediately be better than Carson Wentz. I don't like Carson Wentz. I don't like the way he operates. I don't like his poise. I don't like his command of the position. I love Jalen Hurts. I fear Jalen Hurts. I respect him at the highest level for playmaking and late game leadership. That team is all about him. That tush push is all about Jalen Hurts. You can, you can give me Kelsey and the two guards. It's I supposed got it. to be those skill, but it's just he's he, the leader. He is it? He's the leader. Leader of the team. But when you're, just like Tom Brady okay, was, skip of the New England Patriots. When your defense is third worst in the league at allowing third down conversions, your quarterback better pull you out of. But some he can counter. Balls. Okay, so if the I'll just use Dallas as an example. Dallas goes down and they score, and Jalen Hurts has an opportunity to score. His sideline. Is confident that he's going to do it. That he's going to get it done. He's going to get it done. Where I don't know that about the other team. I don't know that. I know what that guy does that I have okay. underneath my center. I feel like we're going to engineer the drive, okay. whether it's a field goal or a touchdown to win the game. Okay, but there is a reason, and we're about to talk, and we'll do a whole topic about this. There's a reason that a 10-1 Eagles team is about to be in a, a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home as a 10-1 and one team with a healthy quarterback for the first time since 1970 has that happened. The reason is that even Vegas is saying, nah, we're, we're not buying completely. I know San Francisco is really good, but when you're 10-1 and one, and you guys say, well, they're 10-1, and one, there's no way you're going to be a home underdog. Skip. I don't care who you're Does playing. Doesn't matter, Skip. Skip. That's not yeah. true. You know why they're saying it? They're saying it because this team was in a dogfight with your team, the, the Dallas Cowboys. And that team that the Dallas Cowboys played, the, the 49ers, beat them by 32 I. points. And, yeah. it, it, it wasn't even close. Put so the Ferrari saying, on their hey, chest and these, ran right over them. It, 
if these two teams are comparable and within five points, then a team that beat them by 32 is clearly better than both. And, and I think when, when healthy, San Francisco is the best team in the National Football League. I think that's clear on tape. That's clear when they go play. When they're not healthy, maybe that's not the case. But that's the reason why they're not favorites, Skip. All right. And finally, I can't get out of my craw the game that sticks the worst. And it was the Buffalo game this past Sunday. It was an instant <laughs> classic. It was highly watchable. It was highly entertaining. But when I think back to what happened to Josh Allen, he's got it second and goal at the three late in the first half. And this is with a chance that you could argue they could have gone up 24 to seven and he gets horse collared and they don't call it, but they do call intentional grounding. And I'm like, what? They go backwards and get the field goal block. That's this. This is the worst horse collar. And this is exactly what I just out of the pocket. That's all sling down horse collar. Throw the flag. This is exactly this is exactly what I just spoke to. Yeah, if they if they score and convert on this, even though that happened, you wouldn't even be having this conversation, Skip, Mm -hmm. about what ifs Mm -hmm. this happened and that you wouldn't be you wouldn't show this clip. Okay, because they would have scored and and it would it would be a moot point. Thank you. And then in overtime. Josh has got Gabe Davis breaking free to the to the corner, and I don't know they're on the wrong page. I, I have no idea what happened. But who fault is that? That ain't got nothing to do with the Eagles because they're not on the same page. I'm just saying, if, if Josh Allen, regarded as a top-five quarterback, converts this, if he makes the right choice and the right throw, this game is history. It but is he, didn't. Okay, he didn't. He didn't. I'm a Bayless. Cowboy fan, and I'm saying – why us? If y'all quarterback would have just showed Why up us? against the 49ers in the playoffs last year, yeah. y'all probably could have gone to the Super Bowl. Probably if your that. quarterback could have beat the 49ers this year in candlestick, me and Richard wouldn't be sitting up here talking about 42 points. We wouldn't right. be doing it. If, if, if. if. I mean, if. If, 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 if okay. Bayless strikes again, he'll make the right got, decision when they play down. I got huge if because my man Michael Irvin, Cowboy Hall of Fame receiver, says that A.J. Brown caught this ball and ran with this ball in overtime and fumbled this ball because he got stripped of this ball. And What did the referee say? The referee said... Incomplete pass. No, I think he said it was a fumble, wasn't it? No, he didn't. It's an incomplete pass, man. Wait a second. I'm looking hard at (laughs) There's no... Wait a second. What is Skip Bayless tweet? Come on, let's get this tweet. Incomplete, incomplete. Because okay, I'm okay. an objective cowboy fan. All right. That's what I am. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So, almost, 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 at some point, their luck is going to run out. They 10 and 1 and they okay. ran out yet. Okay. Well, just welcome to Dallas because we got something for them when they visit Don't Dallas. Don't you play Seattle tomorrow? Yeah. We, we'll Shouldn't you be focused in on we're Seattle? We're talk about Seattle, but we, we got two more home games. Y'all are already here. thinking about the Eagles. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about the Eagles. Be careful with that. We're talking yeah, exactly. About All right. Speaking of those Eagles. Now, wait a second. As I just mentioned, the Eagles are the first 10 and 1 home underdog with a healthy starting quarterback since 1970. Aha! When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline, wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, 
and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. I find this revealing. The Eagles are about to be the first 10-1 team since 1970 to be a home underdog with a healthy quarterback. 49ers, the three lost 49ers are favored by two and a half points at Philadelphia. Of course, an NFC championship game rematch you can see on Fox 425 Eastern this Sunday. Keyshawn Johnson, how do you explain this? Well, the Niners have won much cleaner games than the San Francisco, than, than the Philadelphia Eagles. They're just cleaner. Philadelphia's had clunky wins. So when you look at it, the, the, the margin of victory for Philadelphia is seven points. It's 20 points for the San Francisco 49ers. So when you're looking at this, you're saying to yourselves, the 49ers are a better football team because, as Richard said earlier, one team squeaked out a victory against the Cowboys. Another team backed up the truck against the Cowboys and ran them over back and forward. So when you start to look at that, I understand, hey, they're 10-1. They're not favored at home. I, I get all that. But that doesn't mean in the end that they don't find a way to win the football game. They may not beat uh, San Francisco by 16 points. They may only beat them by two with a walk-off field goal. But they still win the game. So I wouldn't get so caught up in why they would be underdogs at home in their 10 and 1 because they still got to play each other. They got to play each other. They're not looking at the what if Purdy stayed healthy in the NFC Championship game with San Francisco play Kansas City in the Super Bowl. You'll never know that because it didn't happen. Only thing we can go off of is what Asan Reddick did. And only thing we can go off this year is San Francisco bouncing back from going Three straight losses to all of a sudden taking care of business against the Jacksonville Jaguars and erasing those three games that they lost and then coming out the following week and then blowing off the doors. So when you start to look at this team, yeah, San Francisco's a really good team, but so is Philadelphia. So don't get all giddy thinking that San Francisco's going to go in the link and just run away with it. So now you can feel good about the Dallas Cowboys having a chance to catch the Eagles because when the Eagles win the game, mm. it's a wrap mm. for the Dallas Cowboys in the division. Well, it sounds like you're still going Eagles to win this game. I, I am going Eagles to win the game. Really? I'm not changing my mind. Okay. No, I'm not. Not at all. And a lot of that has to do with you oh. and Michael Irvin. <laughs> I, yeah, because I want to see the pain. Okay. I just want to see the pain in your eyes and your voice the Monday that you have to come in here with me 
after Philadelphia takes care of business. That is called, and especially tomorrow, yeah. uh-huh. if Seattle, for some weird reason, yeah. win this game. Who are you picking in that game? I'm picking Dallas. But I also know yeah. that Seattle could mm. possibly walk in and upset the Cowboys. Oh, okay. Ooh, that'll hurt. It sounds like you're yeah, seeing hurt, a lot about the Cowboys, right? No, I'm not. I'm not, yeah. Skip. The, the Philadelphia Eagles have struggled a bit um, more defensively. Like you said, they're 20th in points. They're 29th in y- passing yards, giving up a game. They're 19th in total yards, giving up a game. The San Francisco 49ers are a top five offensive team in most categories. Um, Brock Purdy is number one in just about every elite stat, your QBR stat that you love, yards per attempt. Um, deep throw, completion percentage, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. That's a reason he's playing like a top five quarterback. And so that's why they have the Philadelphia Eagles down. They're healthier than they have been. Um, This defense, since the break, since the bye week, um, since Steve Wilkes has come out of the booth and gone to the field, this defense has, has been lights out. They've been one or two in the league. They're number one in scoring. I, I, that's why. I mean, I don't think they're going to let him go back in the booth for the rest of his tenure in 49ers in a, as a 49ers coach. Uh, this defense has gotten better because they got Chase Young now, another guy that can rush the passer since he's coming to the fold. The three games that he's coming to the fold, Nicholas John Bosa has had five sacks. The turnovers has increased. The points per game has decreased. So you got to give him a lot of credit. Javon Hargraves, Eric Armstead's production have both increased substantially over the last three, four games that Chase Young has been in the fold. So those are the reasons why the San Francisco 49ers are favored in this game. Their defense is playing lights out. Brock Purdy's playing lights out. Christian McCaffrey has 27 touchdowns in 22 games as a San Francisco 49er. I expect him to have a touchdown this game. They're, they're, they're a better team. And so, Skip, regardless of what you say, this is what it looks like when the team is just great. Mm. So help me out here. San Francisco is such an invincible juggernaut that it somehow lost three straight games. I, I don't really understand. Well, one, Debo yeah, yeah, Samuel, they, they, Debo they Samuel was hurt. Trent Williams was hurt. Trent. Okay. okay. Everybody has somebody hurt. Yeah, but there was a key. That was a key ingredient for oh. what they do. Oh. So the best thing for you to do, if y'all ever get the opportunity to see them again, huh. is hope that they're missing some of the key ingredients. I don't. I hope they're full strength. Oh, okay. I yeah, I don't think so. You don't hope that. Yeah, I don't. I, you don't hope that. Yeah. Third time's going to be the playoff. Trial okay. You don't know. All right. Skip. Yeah. skip. We have found that'll be the playoff trifecta. Yeah. That'll be the playoff trifecta of okay. sitting your home three times, Skip. You're right. burn, you, you going to burn your whole Dallas Cowboys man cave at that point, huh? <laughs> you, 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 you know what's so funny, Skip? You yeah. said that the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers lost three straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they did. And you know I have the Cowboys losing three straight, too? Mm. You know, Philly, Buffalo, and Miami. I got them losing three could, straight. Could, could we bet? Three dinners on three straight losses. But I can't eat that much. I, I, neither can I, but I can try. I, I, I can pile them up. <laughs> One game at a time, Skip. Right? One game at a time. Okay, so I got them losing Johnson three straight. As predicted, the Dallas yeah, Cowboys absolutely. three straight games. We've yes. got that on tape. Yes. You may have to replay I, I already tape. got it. I've been at it on tape. Yeah. Okay. I just well, said I, I three now, but I had them losing to Philly, going to Buffalo losing, okay. and going to Miami losing. Yeah. I think you were going back and forth on maybe they'd win one of those. Nah, I'm not going back and forth. Yeah. Okay. It's desperation time okay. in Buffalo, and, and, and I already know what's Philly going to do. And then Miami, back, back you know, against the wall. Miami is, is just, it's Miami. Okay. They don't lose at home. Once again, you have been victimized by picking with heart overhead because those are Yes, I am picking with heart against picks, you. Right. 
Okay. Yes, I am doing that. All right. So that's, that, that's what Skip did for Philadelphia when they beat the Dallas Cowboys and then they beat the Chiefs because he was picking with heart overhead. I, I, I was not. They would lose those I, games. I just think Dallas is better than Philadelphia because Dallas' defense is definitely better than Philly. And right now, I think that Dak Prescott's playing the greatest football of his life, and he's playing a, at a little higher level than Jalen Hurts is. Jalen is playing at a higher level late in these games because these edge-of-cliff games he keeps pulling out with late great throws like that one he made Sunday against Buffalo against to Zacchaeus that I'm just – I still can't believe it. It, yeah. it was a thing of – but he's pointing. Beauty. He's pointing. He's poised. Okay. He's pointing right. down the field. He's letting them know, you he get is. to this spot, I'm going to let it go. Okay. You know? You, you, it, you say the Cowboys are better than the Eagles, but they didn't beat them. It's like me saying that the Dodgers are better than Diamondbacks, but they didn't beat them. And the Diamondbacks went on to win the World Series. Come on now. Okay. But it means you, nothing. You, you can watch it, and your eye test will tell you that Dallas is just a little better than No, my Dallas eye is. test tells me yeah. I've never yeah. beaten a team over but, 500 this but, year. That's what my eye what, test tells me. What, what your eye test isn't telling you is a stat that, that our advanced analytics guys at TNF have let me know is that Dak has not thrown very many touchdowns when they're even or trailing in the ballgame. When they're ahead or in an obvious Winning position, he okay. throws a lot of his yards and touchdowns. Ooh. But when they are behind Ooh. or when they're when, when they're in a dogfight, he does he's not as effective as Ooh. a quarterback. And that Ooh. is just the factual evidence. Ooh. And the opposite okay. is true for Jalen Hurts. They were trailing most of these games. Ooh. He becomes very effective Ooh. in getting the ball down the field, scoring touchdowns, winning ball games. Oh, okay, okay. Richard, save some of that okay, for tomorrow, no, man. Hold on. But now we're, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'm warming up. <laughs> now, now we're back to Keyshawn's point all year long that I've had to hear and hear and hear again. They just beat up on bad teams. And you got me. We've beaten up. We've rolled up big stats on bad teams. Dak is just a tick behind Brock Purdy and QBR, but he's doing it against bad teams in runaway situations. Maybe a lot of garbage time touchdowns. And Brock Purdy's doing it against good teams. Okay, okay. I, I give you that. Our season is about to start because all of your excuses are going to go out the window when we go Seattle, Philadelphia, at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit, and then we end against our arch rival at Commanders. So Yeah, y'all going to beat the Commanders okay. by then. They'll be in fire to coach. Well, given what you're saying, your scenario, we, we may be out of the playoffs. No, nah, y'all are finished at the yeah. bottom somewhere. Yeah. So if y'all, if, y'all lose four, if y'all lose four of those games, Skip, then, then what, do we, what is the conversation? Well, we're not. That, that's the conversation. Is we're not going to lose for the. I, I got us winning. Let's see. What do we have left? Five. Yeah, we we're going to win four out of the last five, right? We're eight, three, eleven. Out of, uh, five of six. Five of six is what we're going to win. Yeah, that's what I got. If you don't, you, you do realize you all the teams. Hey, hey, can we get a dinner bell on that skip? Four. No, I I've got all kinds of dinner bets on winning the division. So let's get a dinner bet. I need Philly to do what they should have done and lose to Kansas City and Buffalo. Even if even if Philadelphia even if Philadelphia did lose to the Dallas Cowboys, even if they did, do you know Philadelphia's schedule? They got like the Giants. Go to Seattle. They got two Giants. They got Arizona's and the Giants sandwiched in between. Like, come on, man. You know what? The Giants are starting to play a little better football. And all of a sudden, Danny DeVito is looking like Tommy DeVito, right? I mean, he's starting to look like he can play a little bit. It's not impossible that in a division rivalry that one of those two Giants games, they will lose. Man, I can't. I can't. Okay, well, you I know it. I can't. Wait a second. Don't blow the doors off the Giants. Time out. 
I'm looking at what Philly did against Washington. They barely beat them twice. It took overtime to beat them the first time. Yes. To beat them in because overtime Washington, at home? Are you kidding? Washington and Washington's defense at the time with Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, they know how to play the Eagles. They beat them last year. That was one of their losses last yeah, year. They, that, just, that, know, that was they just know how to play them. Mm. Like, come on, Skip. They traded away 13 sacks. They traded away Chase Young, Sweat, Montez Sweat. I mean, yes. and then they played y'all without him. So, I mean, a whole different team. Yeah, I'm about to have a great second half of this season because I'm going to get to come in here for six straight Mondays, and you guys are going to be in trouble to the point I'm not sure you will show up for some of these Monday shows. Is 10 and 1, 10 and 1? Did Bill Parcells yeah, say but, you are what your records say you are? Okay, but is, is that is that? I'm just you know asking what? you, Skip. That's what he said. Okay, but so Vegas is saying you're not what your record is. Oh, okay. Vegas and is Vegas saying, knows better than Vegas knows better than coaches. Vegas I get it. Knows pretty, no, Vegas knows, knows Vegas that is money is coming sharp. in on the betting line, yeah. and so therefore no. it sways no. the way that they lay the games down. No, they're, they're oh, trying okay. to protect themselves because they know San Francisco's way better than Philadelphia. They know Philadelphia is a shaky, flimsy. Almost fraudulent ten and one. That's what they're telling you because they're looking at these games saying, "Okay, so here, so skip. Lost, let me ask you this lost, though: Should have lost. So if 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 they are a fraudulent ten and one, and they've beaten Miami, and if I miss something, correct me here. I'm just going Miami, Kansas City, the Dallas Cowboys, Buffalo. the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. All of those teams, in my eyes, mm-hmm. tell me just from my little memory, my little pea brain this big. Yeah. That those teams are over 500, correct? Yeah. So if they're fraudulent, if you're calling them fraudulent, and the Cowboys are 8-3, and three, not 10-1, and one, and they've yet to beat a team over 500, and I'm going to ask you this, and I just need a yes or a no, mm-hmm. Mr. Bayless. Mm-hmm. What are the Dallas Cowboys? Are they fraudulent? No. Oh, okay. They have found them. As they, as they will say, as they will say, I rest my case no, here. It's a long season, and all of a sudden, I think Gee, both you of you it. know in your heart of hearts, the Cowboys have figured it out. All of a sudden, Dak no. Prescott's in a new comfort zone with, believe it or not, Mike McCarthy. It's become the Dak they and Mac attack. Right before if you play teams eyes, that are going to be picking in the top five. In the draft, then you're going to win by a lot of points. That's a heck of a the formula. Carolina Panthers just can, fired their coach. Mm. The Washington Commanders fired their D.C., and they're just waiting I test. to do way we, with Ron Rivera. Brandon we, Staley we is just we, packing his boxes right now yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Those are three coaches that you guys mm-hmm. are no longer having to worry about in the future because mm-hmm. they'll be gone. Okay. Are you so, serious right I, now? I'm extremely serious because I want dinner bets on all these games. It, it, oh, let me, let well, me go me, even further me, for you, Skip. Dinner. I want dinner. I've got dinner with you on Seattle. Yeah. We're only a – Right. Give me, give me a, a dinner nine, bet. We're a nine-point favorite over Seattle. How could that be? Nine I, I, I can't believe y'all went nine-point favorite over Arizona and y'all went uh, home with a loss. Uh, I mentioned. Y'all, go ahead, uh, Richard. Look, give me. You want him to go five and six down the stretch? Give me that dinner bet. I'd take that in a Mississippi no, I'm, minute. I'm going to go game by game because I want dinners on. Oh, each now game. he's game by game. game. Well, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm going to do. Wait, wait, wait. No, I want I want dinner bets on Seattle and Philadelphia first because those are at home. We've he, only won. He want to go game by game with no, you. I, I just want to stack. When I, I want to stack. When dinners. I said game by game, I, I don't want to go it. big picture. I want to go little, little, little picture. Stack them where I wind up with so many dinners 
that I can eat for months. And okay, I think so, I'm on the way. So, so, so I'm just going to do it this way. I'm going to break it down real quick because I know we got to pay some bills in this mm-hmm. place. You beat the Giants 40 to nothing. The defensive coordinator and head coach aren't getting along. Reports out of New York say that. You beat the New York Jets uh, without their star quarterback that they traded Wait, a handsome ransom to get. Top five defense, right? Top five? No, no, no. No, yes, no. Yes, they yes, de- yes, they, yes, their yes. defense is playing good football, That's not top, top five, five. Top five. Not top five. 30. In my, 30. Not, we not, not top 30. five with a quarterback that yeah. couldn't get two yards if he wanted to. 30. You lose, yeah. to, the, you lose to a new yeah. coach. A brand new coach has never been a head coach before in Arizona. Mm. You beat the New England Patriots, who coach in rumors around, and he may be out or gone, which I don't think is going to happen, but it's still swirling around. You beat the New England well, Patriots. Well, wait a second. Is he not the greatest defensive coach? It doesn't matter. Doesn't 38 matter. to 3. Doesn't matter. You still lose to him. To three? You lose to him. The 49ers, they smash you. They did. The Chargers, you're losing them. Their coach is calling you hard at some point. Yeah. The Rams, you beat them, but the Rams didn't have much. A good offense at times. The quarterback got hurt. Philadelphia points. smashes you. They didn't smash you. Okay, they you. beat you. Whatever. They beat you. You then beat the Giants again. The defensive coordinator might not even be there next we year. They got no quarterback, no nothing. You yeah. crushed them. Obliterate. The Carolina Panthers just fired their coach. Obliterate. Okay, you yep. with a rookie quarterback that fired. can't get out of his own way. You probably did. Mm-hmm. Can't get out of his own way. Yep. And then you play the commanders who fired their defensive coordinator. Again, I must say, who head coach is probably look, going to be looking for another job at the end of the year. Nuke and them. you take pride in them. that. Eye test tells you, wait a second, Dallas has arrived. Right on schedule for the stretch run. Here we go. All right, up next, we've got to talk Draymond. John Sally joins us to talk about Draymond's great bad night in his return in Sacramento. That's next. Oh, skip. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Draymond Green returned last night from his suspension for pulling Rudy Gobert in an extended headlock away from Klay Thompson. 
And Draymond's Warriors responded with their best half of the season. They led the Kings by 24 late in the first half in Sacramento. Heck, the Warriors led by nine early in the fourth quarter, by five with under a minute left, but then it all fell apart. Kings 124, Warriors 123. John Sally is back with us today. Good for us. So, John. Yes. You played for the Bad Boy Pistons. You played for Jordan's Bulls. You played for the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Would you want Draymond as a teammate? I would take him every day and twice on Sundays. Mm. Let me tell you, when you have Draymond, 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 you got energy. Now, people may sit there and say, well, he caused them a problem. He didn't cause them a problem. He is the energy. And when you got that kind of energy, you want it on the time. I played with Bill Lambert, and he would yell at the refs and point to the refs, and everyone called him a crybaby. But Bill would say, you know what? I'm going to take all the bullets. You, you guys give me all the bullets. I'll take all that pressure and all that energy from the referees are now on, a, on, uh, on alert. Because mm-hmm. these referees aren't always doing their job. I called yesterday to talk to the producer when I saw uh, literally them call a foul. And when you get the replay, you see there was no foul. The referee mm-hmm. just felt like, uh, looked like a foul. I felt mm-hmm. like calling a foul. You're talking about in the Sacramento it, it, game? Yeah, in the Sacramento. It's, okay. it's ridiculous when they All do right, that. Let's look at what you're talking about. Yeah. This, this is early in the fourth quarter, about nine minutes to go. You're talking about where it looked like Draymond flopped? Right. Yeah, okay. So it looked like go. he flopped, but he, yeah. got, he, got, he did get hit in okay. the face. All right. He did take one little mm-hmm. bash there, and then he goes down. I thought he flopped after that. Okay, he does take a shoulder, but then he goes down. Yeah. And he will not lay off the referee. He goes after him, That's... and he is relentless. There we go. And you know and I know, at some point, a line cannot be crossed but see, with the referee. But that's okay. the problem. The referee gets to the point, and I think the NBA is doing it because they don't want to sow insubordination yeah. in China. They, they think it's a, it's a, a crazy thing, but then they throw in text yeah. when they feel dissed or they feel disrespected. Okay, and then that, you see the tech that happened the yeah. next possession. Okay, so it's the next time down the floor, yeah. and Draymond is exaggeratedly doing, he palmed it, you know, he carried it. Well, he's not even yeah. talking to the referee, and the yeah. referee through the tech. I'm just telling you, you asked, would I want Draymond on my squad? I would want Draymond needs to be on every squad. And I I tell you this, those guys have to realize that they have an enforcer, and if that enforcer wasn't there, we would not be talking about the Golden State Warriors. He is the energy of that team. All right, Richard, would you want Draymond as a teammate? No question. No question. Because he rides for his teammates, and that's that's the best kind of teammate you can ask for. He's a guy that understands his strengths, his weaknesses. He is not under any kind of delusion of, of his talents and his NBA IQ and, and, and where he stands in his lineup. He's not sitting there jacking up 10, 15 threes because he's on the Golden State Warrior. He knows his exact role is to protect his guys, to play great defense, to be a great leader, and if push comes to shove and a situation breaks out, he's the one to come defend his guys. Steph Curry is not the biggest guy in the world. He's not LeBron James at 6'8", 270, and, and can just be menacing. He's pretty slight. So, yep. you know, guys will use that against him. Guys will bump and shove and, and do extra stuff. And if you don't have an enforcer, guys are going to do that week in and week out. But they do have Draymond Green. He's not standing for that. He's not standing for uh, Rudy Gobert grabbing Klay Thompson at all, regardless of the situation, regardless of what's going on. You don't grab my teammate. And I think that gives his teammates confidence because they know they got this guy behind them. If anything breaks out, they know, hey, 
you know, he's not Debo Samuel, but he's going to get the job done. I love when he grabbed Gobert by the, that. That was a headlock. If anybody wants to learn how to do a headlock, <laughs> that was a headlock. And think about it. He, he went and grabbed him in a headlock, and everybody, even on the show, they were like, he crossed the line. Let me tell you, the line was crossed when he was holding on to, when he was holding on to Clay. And you can't, you, can't, you can't have one of the Splash Brothers just sitting there with a seven-foot guy, uh, seven guy from France trying to put you in a headlock. You never know what's going on yep. there. I think he did, and he always does. It may seem like not the right thing, mm -hmm. but anything that can get you not to think about basketball while he knows his guys are thinking about basketball, it usually works. Last night it didn't work, but it usually works when you have somebody taking all the, all the shots. Okay, I hear what both of you just said. And there were times in Draymond's career when I vehemently agreed with what you said. Yeah. But it feels like you're talking about Draymond of two or three years ago because over the last couple of years, there are many times he's become more trouble than he's worth because he does sometimes turn into a clownish wrestling peel or villain where he just goes completely over the edge as he did two years ago at Memphis game one. He got tossed and he does a whole victory lap completely around the whole arena waving to the crowd. It's just clownish. And I don't think Steph and Clay and Steve Kerr love that goes back to his room and he does his podcast almost the moment the game is over. He starts podcasting. He's become a very successful podcaster, maybe to a fault while he's still playing basketball. And it was significant to me that when he did get suspended, Steve Kerr threw him under bus for the first time ever. He did not defend Draymond because Steve Kerr said he took it too far. We're talking about the headlock. Draymond was wrong. He knows that it's a bad look and five games are deserved. And he went on to say, to your point, John, he said, he hung on for six or seven seconds. It was a terrible visual for the league, for Draymond, for everybody. And in the end, Steve Kerr said, Draymond has to find a way not to cross the line. And he says, I'm talking about crossing the line into a physical act of violence that's inexcusable. Again, you played in an right. era when physical acts of violence were the norm. In the, in the, everybody did it. Yeah, when men yeah. played, yeah. you know. Okay. Right now we have, you know, guys not even old enough to shave but this, this and Steve needs to say that all right it's a smart thing for Steve to say that you know if he came out and said I want him to choke anybody to come if he would have said exactly what he <laughs> was feeling or what should happen listen you don't want to get punked in this lead this lead is is you don't want to get you don't want anybody to think you're soft you want to always always let them know it can be on and popping Whenever you say so. And I think the guy is a two-time defensive player of the year. Uh, he's a four-time All-Star, four-time champion. This guy literally lays his life on the line. We talked yesterday, we talked about focus. You never see him lose focus in a game because he plays as if it's his last game. Mm. Right, right. And, and, and back to that situation, I'm, I'm, I mean, Steve Kerr has to say the right things, as John said. There's no question about that. And at the end of the day, as I said, when the, mo the moment this incident happened, keep your hands to yourself. You don't grab an opponent's team. You don't grab an opponent. You grab your teammate. Hey, you want to break up a fight? Grab your guy, separate him from it. But at any time you think, hey, I'm going to grab the other team's guy and that's how I'm going to de-escalate the situation, you have made a mistake and everything else 
all, all bets are off at that point you, you because you have just escalated the situation because nobody knows your intentions in a situation that's already hostile. And We're don't having forget, a hostile. Don't forget, Richard Sherman is Draymond in football. <laughs> Those nostrils just, get to I'm flaring. Just, He's Draymond. Uh, <laughs> I'm just calling a spade a spade. You know, <laughs> hey, you don't want folk? Then grab your guy. Yeah, you're right. It, it's a little different. It's, it's not like Richard was the enforcer for the Legion of Boom. I don't but, know. But yeah. No, that was Cam. Yeah, that was okay. Cam. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so Draymond has obviously, since he entered the league, been ejected more than anybody else in the league. Well, that all contributes to becoming the enforcer for your team. That's where you, you, you like the fact that he's sending messages, I won't take this, I won't take that, and I won't take that especially. And he gets ejected for it. But at some point, you have to be able to back up the ejections with your performance. Over the last two years, his performance has declined. And it started last year, which started with that flashpoint moment. Um, he punched his teammate right in the jaw in a, in a practice before the season started. I'm talking about Jordan Poole. And unfortunately, somebody leaked the video, unfortunately, for Draymond. And we all got to see it. It felt like somebody wanted to do in Draymond from the inside out. I still don't yeah. know how the, the video got leaked, but it did, the practice video. I think so, it was a great overhand right. And mm -hmm. they traded <laughs> Poole. They did. They went so they that traded way. They Poole. decided to go that way. And Somebody had to go, and they decided it was Jordan Poole. But then you see that you see what's happening in the pool in Washington. So mm -hmm. maybe somebody on that squad who wanted to punch him, or maybe people had the Possibly. problem with Poole the whole yep. time, just Draymond stepped up and once again took the arrows. Pioneers get the arrows, right? So he pioneered it. He did it. They were People said mm -hmm. what they wanted to say, yep. punch him in his face. They got rid of Poole. They didn't get rid of Draymond because he is the energy. He is the heart of the squad. All right. Your thoughts, Richard? No, I agree. I, I mean, I knew they would get rid of Poole in that situation. Draymond has been part of this, the heartbeat of this team in their championship runs, wins our losses. Even when they had Kevin Durant, before Kevin Durant, they have, he's a building block of this organization. I, I think they have a lot of loyalty to him. I think part of this is, is who they drafted him to be. Um, and regardless, until his play teeters all the way off, they're going to keep this guy and they're going to show loyalty. He, they have won championships since he's yeah. been a podcaster. They, 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 they have won a championship and he continues to do the things that his teammates require of him. It's not the, the, the glamorous work. It's not the fun work. It's the dirty, grimy work that nobody else wants to do, but they appreciate you doing. And mm -hmm. so. I mean, I think it was the right decision, and I think it's working out for both sides. Obviously, Draymond's five-game suspension, the Warriors' record right now could be better, but they're always dangerous regardless of what the record says. Yeah, they've lost yeah. eight of their last ten now to fall to eight and ten. But last night in the fourth quarter, even though I have the highest regard for Draymond's ability because, John, I think you'd agree, he's got some basketball genius about him yeah. because he's not the most talented guy, but with his head – and his wits and his high basketball IQ, it's, it's almost like Rodman-esque a little bit, yeah. the way he plays, plays defense and position, position rebounder, and he is the point, whatever he is, for that team. Point right. center, point forward, point guard sometimes. It runs through him. But he has to be able to back it up with productivity that lately he has not been able to produce. Like last night in the fourth quarter, he played eight minutes and a half, and 
he registered one rebound and two fouls and one turnover and didn't score a point. No assists. So that's not good. He, he's got to be able to live up to being the enforcer in productivity. Would you not agree? Uh, well, this is the difference, okay? He is a complete basketball. He is from Michigan, too. So he has, like, uh, I guess it's in the water. He got that bad boy at attitude. Yep. But the things that you don't see that always come up, that don't come up in the stats is him denying somebody the basketball. The guy he just does. almost like almost like a football player mm-hmm. when a quarterback knows not to throw in that direction. He is he is on the court and he makes so much happen around him. And guys know you just can't run up on Draymond. You can't go by him. He's going to take a charge. He's going to stick his hand in. He's going to try to block a shot. He does things that don't always show up on the stats. Mm-hmm. Now you talked about his productivity going down mm-hmm. in the last two years. Well, he did get two years older. But yep. the whole team productivity has gone down. Yep. So it's not just him. He Except is for part maybe of the team. Steph. It's, it's, Steph seems to be playing yes, at Steph. a very high level still. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's getting stronger every year, too. He does get stronger. Do you see any Dennis Rodman in Draymond? Oh, yeah. I see a lot yeah. of Dennis Rodman. Right. And, this, and what I mean by that is that you, we call Dennis Rodman big man. All right? He's only 6'7", but he would play the center. He would play the biggest person, the strongest person. How? That's dra- How? Because it's just, one, I, I guess it's his, his height and that, that Tasmanian devil feeling inside of it. Like you said, Draymond, he, I think he's very talented because he's a complete basketball player mm-hmm. where they call him a small forward or a small, you know, that small in-between height. I think he, he plays way bigger than, than most people would, would it's, expect. It, to me, it's leverage. It's angles. Yeah. It's know-how. It's beating to spot. It's getting established before they get established mm-hmm. in the post. Yeah. It, 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 he's got all that going. But all of a sudden, the Warriors look like they are up against it. But the Kings are better. The Kings, the Kings, the Kings well, are a better team than they've ever been. Hey. I'm well, right. closer than they've ever been. Okay. So the, the Warriors had beaten the Kings in the regular season 10 of the last 11 times. Last night was pretty significant that they came all the way back from 24 down because it almost felt like... It's our turn now. It's our time now. And being 24 down, that should tell you it wasn't Draymond's fault. It, it didn't happen when Draymond, but they were up 24. Yeah. Those guys all fell apart. Yeah. It well, wasn't they did. just Draymond. No, they seemed right. energized by his return in the first half. And <laughs> yeah. then, ugh, down the stretch. Okay. Long season, though. Yeah, it's a long season. We're just getting started. But Dallas' season is about to start tomorrow night, and Richard Sherman is about to tell you why the Seahawks will beat my Cowboys tomorrow night. How about them Cowboys? Yeah. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Now it is your turn. Here we go. Hashtag undisputed live. First tweet. How Draymond will return to protect his teammates. I think that's Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla. Yeah. I don't know. Is, I, would Draymond have been a tough guy back in the 80s or the 70s? I, I'm not sure he's been one of those. No, guys. for sure. He's a tough guy now, though. Yeah, but the tough guys rub off on you. Yeah. You just take on that personality. That is true. All right. Second tweet. Rich Hall. Keyshawn, <laughs> Keyshawn been riding the fence all morning. Riding the fence on what? On the Cowboys. You go no, I'm not. I'm taking them against them. Seattle. I don't know. If okay, loud and clear, Cowboy fans, oh. I am taking Seattle. I mean, uh, Cowboys against Seattle. I'm not riding a fence. 
I, I don't like you being compared to a, what is this, like a donkey or something? Uh, I, you're no donkey. Yeah, Come on, well, look like a donkey. You know, yeah. the brightest donkey, but a donkey. <laughs> All right, and from Coach Edwards, third tweet. After Cowboys beat the Seahawks Thursday, we'll have to hear on the show, Key and Sherm say, well, they beat another below average team. Rock on, Key and Sherm. Well, we're going to talk on. about that here in a minute. We're going to talk about the, the Cowboys and the Hawks right. here in a minute. I mean, good segue. All right, here we go. Here we do go because we got Seahawks at Cowboys looming tomorrow night. Keyshawn keeps saying, well, I don't hear anything about it. It just seems like it's coming. Richard Sherman will be there in Dallas commentating for Amazon. Richard, you are picking the Seahawks, even though I don't know how. The Cowboys are nine-point favorites. Please explain to me and to Keyshawn why the Seahawks will beat the Dallas Cowboys. Well, because Dallas doesn't beat any teams over 500. Skip, I'm sorry. That's just who they are, and that's who they have been. Um, they've won a lot of games at home against inferior opponents. Seattle's defense didn't play as well as they're used to against the San Francisco 49ers, but who, who has? I mean, they gave up less points point. than Dallas' defense. Yep. So, uh, yep. but but offensively, Gino, Gino's getting his right tackle back. They're getting a little healthier on the offensive line, which is necessary. Yep. They have the playmakers. Smith and Jigba is coming into his own. Uh, DK Metcalf has historically played well against the Dallas Cowboys. That's just how it's been. Gino, when he has time, has been yep. effective. He has not had time this season because this offensive line has been in flux. They've been beat up. Defensively, these young corners, Devin Witherspoon is having a defensive rookie of the year type season. He's out there getting sacks, forced fumbles. Uh, he got a pick six. I think it was 97 yards against Detroit. He's played very well. He has. done everything they've asked him to do. Um, yep. Tariq Woolen got pulled because he's been kind of beat up and wasn't tackling well last game. Nope. But in coverage, he's been very good. Um, Bobby Wagner's having another all-pro season. So I just feel like with Leonard Williams on the inside, this is going to be much more of a dogfight than Dallas Cowboys are expecting. Okay, and what, what kind of score are you thinking? Close game, significant win, convincing win. Oh, it, it's going to be it's going to be twenty four twenty one. Seattle. Okay. Yeah, I, I, chuckling at your pick. No, I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm just. I'm with Rich though. I, I I hear everything Rich is saying about getting people back and Bobby Wagner playing his all time high and the young corners and I'm not it, the defensive side of the ball is not my concern for Seattle up against the Dallas Cowboys. It's the offensive side of the ball. In particular, the last four weeks of this season, weeks 9 through 12, Seattle's offense has been dismal. I mean, when you look at where they were at the beginning of the season, when I thought, okay, they can go into Jerry World and they can win this game. But the last four weeks have convinced me to flip, as they say, on the fence. But I flipped completely in this game where Dallas is going to win the game. And it's not going to be a blowout, but Dallas will win by 10, 12 points. Uh, You know, they'll get a cheap score late in the game because Geno will be driving and there may be a pick and then Dallas will go down and try to run up the score to make it seem as though that they've beaten a 6-5 and team. Look, they're over 500, so we can have that conversation. When you look at Seattle's offense point per game in the last 9 to 12 weeks, they're 27th, okay? You look at yards per game, they're 26th. Sacks allowed, 25th. Third down conversions, 31st. And their record is 1-3 in in those four games. So when I look at this type of team in these last four weeks, this is, hey, Richard, this is right up the Cowboys' alley. A team that's 1-3 in in the last four weeks, 
is like the rest of the teams that they've been playing on their schedule uh -huh. the entire way. Mm. So it's set up perfect for Dallas to win mm. and skip to say, see, we beat a team that's six and five. Oh, they're over 500. Well, not the last four weeks, they're not. Mm. They're a bad team. Oh, so they're a bad now, football team the last four so weeks. You of have the just season. dismissed Seattle as a tomato can, a cupcake. A little sister. No, no, they are right now. They're one yeah. and three. They're playing like tomato cans. Okay. Now, I understand what Rich is saying. They can get back in it because they got some pieces coming back and whatnot. Dallas's defense against this offense should dominate them based on the way that Seattle has played in the last four weeks. And I know you. You're not slick, Skip. You'll try to point to the six and five above 500. See, we beat them. I mean, a fact but, is a fact. No, no, you know, no. It's not in my eyes yeah. because I look at the last four weeks, just like when we scout Richard, when we look at tape, what do we look at? The last four to five weeks five, of a team. Days. We don't look at the entire season. Maybe, maybe we do in our downtime because that's just we want the extra work. But in our scouting report, is the last four to five weeks. And this is a scouting report I'm giving you on Seattle in the last four weeks or so. They're not a very good football team. So don't get all happy uh, and uh. giddy when the Cowboys beat them on tomorrow night. It sounds suspiciously to me like somebody sitting across from me is already planting excuses to protect himself so that when he comes in here on Friday. I'm picking the Cowboys. He'll say, well, I told you so. It I'm was another picking. tomato can. Look, dude. Right. When dude, will it start? It, dude, uh, all of a sudden, seriously. the Eagles are going to be tomato cans. No, the Eagles will never to be tomato. But the Eagles right? haven't lost the, uh, uh, three out of the last four either, Skip. Mm. This falls in that Jets. Giants, <laughs> Commander. Am I lying, Richard? You can't get a break. Yes, no, you're yeah. lying. Am I, so how am I lying in the last four well, weeks? You just heard Richard. He knows his team. No, no. He made stupid points about how good this team is. <laughs> you want that look, to be look, the case so Dallas, you can, you can Dallas, argue with me. Skip. I know you. I listen I wish, to Richard. I wish, He's the expert. I wish... <laughs> I wish I wish we could fast forward to the playoffs when y'all getting eliminated so we could just have, yeah, have a celebration well. already because yeah. none of this is none of this will be relevant at the end. Y'all are not winning the Super Bowl this year. You know that. I know that. So this is just I, us I pontificating for a while. You, 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 if you don't know it, you're you're delusional. But that that is already what we established. Right. Right. <laughs> You'll be talking about what if, what if, what if the Cowboys won the Super Bowl? We've been saying that for the last three decades. Hmm. This will be a good game. Uh -huh. Seattle Seahawks. If, if they get Kenneth Walker to third back, this will be a dogfight. It sounds Believe you, shaky. Mark my words. It sounds shaky about Kenneth Walker playing. He did not practice, obviously, yesterday. And they're saying that it's more likely he'll be out than even doubtful for the game. So. Skip, as you, as you like to say, would you give me this, though? Out of all the, 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 the silliness that you display day in and day out on this show, truth can, you, can you give me this? Mm -hmm. Based on... The last four weeks in Seattle's offense and the way that they've played versus the way the Dallas Cowboys defense mm -hmm. has played. Should the Dallas Cowboys defense against this Seattle offense look like the 85 Bears? Can you give me that? No, I, I can I you give it, it to me? No, we, we should win the game. I don't know. No, no, about no, 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 Bears. I, I'm not okay. going to go there. OK, say so look like the, the Legion of Boom. Can yeah. they be looking like the Legion of Boom up sure. against this offense? Yep. They should, right? Okay. Michael Parsons and Bland. Right, and, look, uh, this I'm, game to me boils down to simply this. I'm going to simplify it for you. You want to ask it. Okay. No, I'm just telling you. It boils down to there is no way I can see Geno Smith playing well enough to outplay Dak Prescott at Jerry World on a Thursday night. After, so what you're saying is. We have won 13 straight games at home. We have established a new 
overwhelming home field advantage that nobody wants to talk about except me. Yeah. And over those 13 because games, you we, we, we have won by an average of 37 to 16. Over 13 games, we've averaged 37 to 16 winning at home. No close games. Tomato cans. So, so based on that, what you just said, yeah. then, is what you're yeah. saying, then – Geno Smith and his offense shouldn't be able to no. do anything against your vaunted defense no. and Michael Parsons, 11 from heaven, right? That's what you're saying. Because hey, you won 13 straight okay, games. I don't, isn't that, that what you're saying? Yes, I'm, I'm agreeing, but I also agree with Richard. DK has had some big games against us. Tyler Lockett has had some big games against us. And listen, all he does is just make plays. He made a play in the playoff game in which we beat Russell Wilson at Jerry World in a playoff game. We did that. We beat him, and it was Dak's first playoff win. And just when I thought it was safe to heave a sigh of relief, Tyler Lockett caught some 60-yard pass from Russell Wilson, and all of a sudden it got close at the end, and it was 24-22 to 22 Dallas. Okay, so would it be that kind of game? Well, again, is Geno Russell Wilson? He's just not. I'm sorry. I respect him. So you're his on record. I got you right here. Skip Bayless is on record, as Skip says. I got you on record saying Geno Smith isn't worth the price of admission. Is this, is this That's what you just said. No. In, in fact, no. No. I, I'm, I'm looking at what Pro Football Focus grades him, and they, they actually they, they like him. I like they, him, they too. Say, yeah, they say he's pretty good. They, they have Seattle as the, the – they got Geno 16th best, and in QBR, he's 20th. He's somewhere in the middle of the pack, and they got Seattle. They like Seattle. Pro Football Focus has them graded as the 10th best team, but they have my team graded as the third best team. And listen, that Devin Witherspoon, to Richard's point, he is playing like the defensive rookie of the year. He is graded right now among cornerbacks as the fourth best, but guess who's number one? Deron Bland is graded number one at cornerback. Well, he's having a defensive player of the year kind of a year. I don't know if a cornerback can win it. Stephon Gilmore did. I don't know if a second-year cornerback from nowhere could win it. But, hey, he is doing that. He's had five, obviously, a NFL record, five interceptions returned for touchdowns. So, to, to me, my team is just better, a little better everywhere than Seattle. And you guys have been pointing to this game for weeks. I got a dinner bet with Richard on it. If you want a dinner bet, I'm taking the Cowboys because the team is playing bad. Because you've been you've made little comments that you want to sweep under your little carpet over there. But you've been making little comments all week about, hey, this team is looking really good right now. Y'all have have beaten y'all beaten absolutely nobody at home. Mm -hmm. You've beaten if you look at the record of the teams you've beaten at home. What's the record? It's so far under 500. It's ridiculous. What's your playoff record at home? Over the last decade, we'll, we'll <laughs> stop there. Care. We'll start there and yeah. we'll end it there. Clearly, they, they don't care. They only care about regular season wins yeah. because that's all you got in the last three decades. So this game will be a closer game than people anticipate. This isn't a Super Bowl team in Dallas. I know that. You know that. We know that. Uh-huh. This will be a good game. I think Seattle still pulls it out. Skip, you, you say that my, I'm sweeping things under the rug. Mm-hmm. No, I'm yeah. not. I'm a, I am as objective as anybody that you ever going to have a conversation with about teams. I'm looking at Seattle right now. I ran off statistics to you. They're one in three in the last four. They're not playing good football on the offensive side of the ball. I know, but they the had Dow- to deal with the 49ers. It doesn't they matter. They got 49ers. It but but the right? 40, it, it does not matter if it was the 49ers or not. That's one game. I mentioned four games, not one game. They, they have lost three of the last four. Okay, so when you're looking at this, you're saying that I'm saying to myself, unless they can get it turned around against a – a, a, a red-hot Dallas Cowboy team at home 
that has been playing pretty good, and the quarterback is playing pretty lights-out football pretty against great. a bunch of tomato cans. Yeah. Unless all of a sudden Geno Smith and company turn into what they were at the beginning of the season, Dallas should win this game. Mm. That's the way I see it. Okay, that's the But way at the I same time, I'm not foolish enough to think that they're not going to try to win the game. They're just going to go into Dallas and lay down for the Cowboys? No, mm. they're not. They're going to nope. try to figure it out. No, nope, I agree with you. Yeah, what did you tell me after you watched Dallas on Thanksgiving? You said that team had the look of a Super Bowl team. No, that's not what I said. Yes, you did. I said if they play this way, Against plus 500 teams, they may have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Okay, thank you. Yes, that's what. But, Richard's but laughing you've yet, at you. But you've yet to play anything. See, now, see, this is when, Richard, this is when whatever little bit of hair I have on my head, I have to pull out. Mm. And you make me just <laughs> frown up so people think that you and I don't get along. Because you start <laughs> going down the track. Well, you, who, who, people, who thinks that? Uh, you know, just people in the streets. You know how they are. So, so people would say to me, Skip delusional. Well, of course he is. Because you just put yourself in this position to now all of a sudden think that I said they're going to win the Super Bowl if they win game against plus 500 teams that they play like they played on Thanksgiving. That means you got to beat Buffalo that's the same way. You got to beat the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs the same way. That's why you can't give him an inch. That's why you can't give him an inch, Key. Yes. As our mother would say, you, 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 you give him an inch, he wants a yard. No, okay. a mile. A, a, a mile. mile. Yeah, a mile. Oh. Right. Just this little bit. Mm -hmm. Give him a rope. He wants to be a cowboy. So, so wait a second. This is a plus 500 team, right? That, but this is what I said. Did not see now. You, you know what, man? Huh. You get ready. This to is what I'm saying, Keith. Don't let him get exactly. your key. Don't let him get your key. No, because I knew he was going <laughs> to try that slickness. They're 6-5 and five and playing bad they football. They are what their record says they are. Yeah, but if you 6-5 and five and you Skip. you lost three of your last four, You have a team that has not beat a team over 500 yet. You have you also made an argument against a Philadelphia Eagles team that beat three eight-win teams, Good. including your team. I so at the end it. of the day, lock, hey, lock you should stand by it. Yeah. Your, your team will be standing yeah. by watching somebody else win the Super Bowl this year <laughs> because they are not a team built to win a Super Bowl and in Keyshawn, any capacity. You just heard Richard Sherman with a high football IQ explain to you why Seattle will beat Dallas. So this is going to be a very credible win for wait. Dallas if, in fact, Dallas can somehow figure out how to beat the Seattle Seahawks I, I, that Richard loves. Just because right? Richard... We have credibility now. Just because Richard picked Seattle doesn't yeah. mean it's a credible win mm -hmm. because they six and five, and mm -hmm. Richard says that Seattle beats him, but Dallas beats him. That doesn't justify anything. Yes, it does. It does not. It's Richard freaking Sherman saying, yeah. it. I, right? "Man, I don't there care. I don't care if it was Vince Lombardi saying it. I don't agree. Like, come on. Yeah. They lost three of four. They're not playing good football right now. Way to now. go, Richard. I'm with you on this one. <laughs> Anytime. I'm, so here, gonna make I'm here me pick. week. He's going to make me change my pick, I man. Am before it's over. All right. We got to get back to John Sally. And he's about to tell you just how great Victor Wimbanyama is about to become. As in the GOAT. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Back down. Back down. 
John Sally's back with me here at the debate desk. Before we get to Victor Wimbenyama, let's talk about quickly what happened last night in the NBA. Heard a number of players, number of coaches talk about how uncomfortable it got late in games because of this new in-season tournament, mm. and they had to run up scores for point differential and right. how it even Josh Hart said it starts to threaten the integrity and credibility of the game of basketball. How would you have felt had you been playing in a game in which you had to try to run up the score to try to get into the quarterfinals of the play-in? Well, personally, I would have loved it because I always wanted more points. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so yeah. I'm one of those guys. If I can get more shots to the basket and <laughs> get more points, I would have loved it. But it is true. It's taken away from the game. And the idea is this. When you win, you go up 20, you put the guys in, they get some work. Now you got to keep your starters in. You're thinking about more than just winning the game, right? More than what was important to the game. And that's because back in the time when, I, when we played, we would keep teams under 85. And the NBA, they said it was too boring. They needed more scoring. They did. So they just are asking for more scoring. But then they're going to say, hey, we don't want players to gamble. And that's what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. doing that for Vegas. You know in Vegas in football, when, you, when you're supposed to win yep. by two and a half and you wind up winning, oh, I got it. you know, yep. it's, it's mm-hmm. putting so many things, so many layers so into the game it shouldn't be. Back in your day, yeah. if somebody dunked, uh, you know, up 20 on the bad boy Pistons, right. not that anybody got up 20. We would choke them. No. Yeah, well, you, you would <laughs> not. not you, you're going to seek retribution at some point, right? right. You're going to get even. Yeah, so right. when, when you do that, they even talk about it the other last time when Lance Stevenson went and scored and he, he did. supposed to just let, the, just let yeah. it, the time run out. Unwritten rule. That, that right there, that unwritten rule is gone now. Mm-hmm. That is put in. Okay. I think Charles made a really good point, but Candace made an even better point that it on should be TNT, accor- like on TNT. Yeah. It should mm-hmm. be according to your standings mm-hmm. where you are because it's throwing so many people off. I think, I think the, the, uh, the, in, the, the way they're playing now in the tournament is great. I think it's moving the NBA forward. It's moving us to people who understand, who understand soccer, better yet, football, who understand football. And the NBA is making strides to be mm-hmm. in 2024, yeah. 2025. They're not trying to be in the 80s anymore. So I understand that. I, I, I've been watching the game, and I'm thinking, you know, Isaiah wouldn't let me shoot, <laughs> right? But right now, whoever got the shot, shoot it. Mm-hmm. However you want to shoot it, every, the more shots at the basket is better. Mm. So the game has changed. Did so we just, just have to change with it. you just take a shot at Isaiah Thomas? Oh, Isaiah, no. Isaiah would be like, Sal, when I no. throw you an alley, you, you shoot it. That's when you shoot it. You dunk it, right? You dunk it. That's okay. it. Don't, don't come right. out here thinking you can shoot jump shots. All right. My bottom line to last night was that the players had to play the hand they were dealt by the league. That's just the rules, uh, the road of this new tournament, right? right. So they but, shouldn't be ashamed of it. But it's so hard to understand yeah. it, right? It, it is. When they start talking, this, they, they're using words we haven't heard before you know i watch cnt mainly just to laugh with charles but they're also you know i think this tournament in the middle of the season is great for the season because sure. the season gets really mundane after a while right and i think going to vegas and playing and getting everybody used to us mm-hmm. being in vegas i think that's a really important thing for the lead mm-hmm. the lead is always thinking 
what's better for the lead in the future. Mm. And that I, I agree well, with. I know LeBron and the Lakers are really into this tournament, maybe because LeBron's figuring this is all I'm going to be able to win this year, right? It's the little win season. <laughs> all right. Let's get to this now. Speaking of goats or not goats, Nikola Jokic says Victor Wimbenyama will, and I quote, change the game, but that the media and fans just are going to have to be patient because he's 19 years of age. Right. Joker said, now Victor himself, uh, that's what Joker said, but now Victor himself has gone third person about himself saying, this is probably the worst Victor we'll ever see. That's what Victor said about Victor. So, John Salad, yes. you played with, to me, the greatest big man ever, Shaquille O'Neal. You, you were there in his only MVP season when he destroyed the league. Do you agree that Wimby will change the game? I do. I, I, I think he'll change the game. Think about this. He's 7-4. He shoots the ball, like, not as, not as good as Kevin Durant. But his stroke is like Kevin Durant. It's beautiful. The his, mechanics are perfect. His They're footwork. Just, you just saw him just now in that highlight, just yeah. catching the ball, throwing it behind his back and knowing he how to move. All, all that. And he has – it's like Shaquille. Like I used to always say Shaquille is really 5'1", five, five, and he's inside a 7'1", seven, seven, oh, okay. body yeah. working it because Shaq can break dance, rap, and can dribble the ball, all those different things. This kid can dunk standing still. He can grab the rim standing still. He's, he's eight feet long. Yeah, yeah. And, and if he were if he, when I when I watch when I watch the Greek freak first mm-hmm. start, he was so slim just like him. Mm-hmm. But now he has those Dwight That's Howard silly. shoulders. Yep, he does. And yeah. ten years in the lead. This is his first year. Once he bulks up a little bit, and once Pop Pop is letting him be the best version of him he can possibly be. And that's, that's the best part about it. it. Right now, and he's been playing pro ball for, what, four years now, mm-hmm. you yep. know, like Tony Parker mm-hmm. was playing since he was 15. It's important that you play, and the more you play, the better he's going to get. And they're going to start putting out more 7-4s. They're, they're, they're going to start being born. I, just, I can just feel it pretty mm-hmm. soon. Steph Curry is going to be sitting in his chair going, back in my day, I had to shoot that. When... <laughs> These guys are shooting three-pointers. And, and I, I thought this. I thought, hey, if somebody were to teach him how to just stand under the rim, hold somebody off, grab it, Thank almost you. like Kareem said, yes. and just dunk on people, he'd probably have 40,000 points mm. in the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah, bingo. Okay, to your points. Yeah. As a longtime Spurs fans, I've had early reservations about Victor. I realize he's 19, but to your point, he had played a good bit of professional basketball against a lot of ex-NBA players in mm-hmm. France and in Europe. And I have been shocked by his early mentality. To your point, Pop's just letting him be whoever he wants to be. He is viewing himself in the mirror the way you viewed Shaq. Like, I'm actually a five-foot-two guy. Like, I'm looking in the mirror at myself. I'm a two-guard mm-hmm. because he plays two-guard basketball at with eight feet length and, and seven foot four height. He wants to play on the perimeter. He wants to shoot threes. He's just one off. Kelvin Johnson leads his team in, in three-point attempts, but he's just one off him in three points. So, so he almost leads his team in three-point attempts at seven foot four. Mm. I forgot I was gonna look this up before the show. I did you ever shoot a three in a game or did you shoot many? I, maybe by mistake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But right. I, I think I, I, I still think this. I think when you're 7'4 and the rim is 10 feet, 
Mm -hmm. You should be under the rim. Yeah, okay, that's that's exactly what I right. think. Because right now, Victor, and I know it's early and he's 19, I give you that. He's making 27.5% of his threes. That's the worst, pretty significantly the worst in the whole league. Because it's just not there yet. And I like the mechanics, and I like the foul throw. I like, it's all beautiful. Right. It, it, everything he does is beautiful basketball to me. Mm -hmm. But why do you go camp on the perimeter why do you take the threat away from the interior? It's why the opponent every night there'll be a six-five guy on him. It'll, it'll because they. Why should they waste the, their center is going to be underneath the hoop, right? Because I think the NBA now, like I said, they all run the same play at the high pick and roll. The high pick and roll is where everybody is going, and analytics tells them the yep. more shots at the basket from the three-point range will give you more wins. So. Being able to stroke it and put it and, and, and shoot it from there is very important. And I watched, and back in my day, it was Sam Perkins, Bill Lambeer, mm -hmm. right? Those were the only two guys that were above 6'10", mm -hmm. shooting threes. They were. Now that's part of the league. Okay. That's the way everybody in the league is shooting. Um, and I think that's just the way the game is moving. The game is moving fast, shoot it, get it up to the rim. I'm just knowing that Pop is the greatest coach you can have for this person. Mm. Uh, I think it was a great thing that he went to San Antonio. The NBA, mm. once again, okay. did almost as good as putting Patrick Ewing in the Nick uniform. Okay. Uh, it's important that you play for Popovich. That's the international team in the it NBA. Is. He, he is that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's going to be good for him. Okay, but John, to your point, I am screaming at my TV night after night about just go post up occasionally, just occasionally go, just go call for the basketball. Nobody can stop you. You are so long, you are so tall, and you are so skilled that even without your man body, you can wheel on people and shoot little baby hooks. Right. Nobody can block it. Nobody can stop it. John Sally would have had little to no chance. Oh, he would have got kicked in the ankle so Well, he would have gotten kicked in the ankle. Oh, my so God. Right. He would have got kicked in the ankle. banged. But see, also, he didn't have the training of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm -hmm. So Kareem wasn't allowed to dunk. So that hook oh, shot became important. Illegal. Yeah. Right. right. So that hook shot became that shot that he mm -hmm. had to develop. And he used to shoot it back when Kareem was younger. He used to shoot it down on the basket mm -hmm. as opposed to away from the basket. Uh, and by they, the way, Kareem took one three in his career? Yeah, yeah. because it made more sense for mm -hmm. a seven three guy to be at yeah. the basket shooting a hook shot, which yeah. was 90%. So he went with the percentages then. Okay. Too. So the shack that you firsthand observed, you backed him up in right. that, it was, what, 99-2000 season. Yeah. His one and only MVP, he destroyed this league. He averaged 30 and what was it, 14. Mm -hmm. It was hard to watch sometimes because it was hard to referee because it's football, basketball, and it, it's hard to know, is that a charge or is that a... <laughs> no, he just was big. Yeah. He was big, and that's why we call him big. But this was another thing. Shaquille, when Shaquille realized, um, he always realized. He knew how great he was. And I, I listened last night uh, when Reggie Miller said, you know, Shaq, you couldn't play in this league. And Shaq didn't say anything. The reason he didn't say anything, because when Shaq first came in the couldn't, NBA. He couldn't play right now. Right. He, could, yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was built just like these guys, running faster than everybody else and jumping out of the gym. When Shaq realized he could just destroy, destroy everybody, everybody, he did. Yeah. And it, we would always, I would always wonder too, because they would, they would foul Shaq way more than everybody else. You know, they did it to DeAndre 
uh, DeAndre Jordan the other day, but they, did. they would fax, uh, uh, foul Shaq very hard. It wasn't just like grab him. They would go in the air and try to come down with all their might because they know he would be able to blow through him. Uh, Shaq is, like you said, the most dominant player to play in the NBA. I thought I, I, Will Chamberlain was. I did. I did think that. I didn't get to watch a lot. Only to but if I seat. could hypothetically go Shaq versus Wilt in a game, Shaq versus Kareem in a game, I'm taking Shaq in those games. I, I am too. Okay. I take Shaq raw anywhere. force, just power and skill. Yeah, but you know, um, Will Chamberlain did uh, high jump. Will Chamberlain he did, did pole vault. Oh, he, he he was an unbelievable athlete. Yeah, so Kansas, I think he ran the 440. Yeah, he, he did it all. Yeah, yeah, he he was definitely the biggest man. But Shaq can break dance. Yeah, and rap. So okay. Shaq wins. Okay, so Victor, can you project him out to be the greatest player ever? No, no, no. he's just going to be a really good. I, I still wonder why Ball Ball is not in the lead or not playing in mm. Phoenix. I think it's uh, I think it's a shame. But to watch somebody who played in the NBA for a couple of years mm. yeah. at that height with a lot of the same skills, that would be a good match. Great point. We'll talk Clippers with you in just a few minutes here. But up next, wait, Aaron Rodgers raves about Dak Prescott? Seriously? I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan, as most people know, but he did pleasantly surprise me yesterday during his weekly TV gig when he said this about Dak Prescott. He's become one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. Uh, I've watched more football this year than any other year. I love the way he's playing, and I love the way he's playing, like really playing. I'm not talking about just like, oh, making good throws. I'm talking about like, it seems more rare that guys are actually really playing a position where you're making adjustments, you're handling everything line of scrimmage. Now you're doing this crazy cadence stuff. Like, I love it. And I just want to shout out Dak for, like, really impressing me. Wow. Thank you, Aaron. So, Keyshawn, what does it tell you that Aaron Rodgers volunteered this praise for Dak Prescott? I, I don't know if he volunteered it versus being asked a question, but I understand what you're saying there. Skip, he is talking about Aaron Rodgers and, I mean, uh, Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. Much like Aaron says, when you are playing football, you, you get an opportunity to maybe watch a game on a Monday night, maybe on a Sunday night when you get home, those sort of things, if you're not too tired after you've played a game. But in the course of a season, you're breaking down film. You're not watching a quarterback or other positions unless they're playing against an opponent or something, yeah. and you only see that once. But now that Aaron Rodgers is on the sideline with his feet up in the air on the couch, he gets an opportunity to dial in and sit there and really watch Dak Prescott's magic in the way that he's performed this season, mm -hmm. and in particular the last several weeks. Yep. Yeah, he is playing phenomenal, and, and, and there's no question about it. You have to give him his flowers. You cannot hate on him in this situation. If you are talking negative about Dak Prescott right now in the day, then that's because you have obviously issues with him personally because his football stuff is on point. I just am here to say it, whether he steps out of bounds or not, it's on point. That is the bottom line, Skip. He is playing great football. But here's the zinger. It's against I knew it. subpar. I'm surprised you didn't say that. 500 <laughs> competition. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as I said before, mm -hmm. if he can show 
All of us that's watching, mm -hmm. zooming in, yep. even he knows this, mm -hmm. as he spoke about it yesterday. He hadn't done anything yet. But I need you to do the same against the Eagles and win. You do. The same against the Bills on the road in the snow and win. I agree. And Miami in the heat and win. You got A it. tough, mad lion team coming in and win. Precisely. I need you to do those things mm -hmm. so we don't have to talk about the what-ifs and the if. And he was so close, and he had 143 yards in one quarter more than Jake. We don't, no, we don't need to do that. Okay, 173. Correct me. Give, me a, give him another 30. But he is playing – Phenomenal football. He is a top six quarterback six? in the National Football How did you League. Arrive on six as opposed to five. Well, because he right. because I got four <laughs> I got four other guys in front of him, okay, and then I can switch the fifth and the sixth depending on who I'm having a conversation with. Oh. So I leave it kind of oh. vague there so and just say six. Sitting on the fence again, right? Well, no, I'm not sitting on the fence. Oh. I just. There's a guy or two, maybe you argue with somebody, have a conversation. Is it C.J. Stroway? He's too young. He hasn't shown us enough. Is it Justin Herbert? Well, he can't seem to get his team over the hump. I mean, you just kind of go back and forth. Is it Tua? Die? Well, many people think it's Tyreek, not Tua, that's doing it for Miami. Mm. That, that's all. That's the only reason why. Okay, go, Richard. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, he's two in QBR. Skip's favorite stat. Um, <laughs> he's, he's two in touchdown passes. And he's, and he's two in completion percentage. I mean, he's playing the quarterback position at a very high level. Uh, he's pushing the ball down the field a lot more than he had earlier in the season. He's been accurate. He's made decisions with his legs to get his team in position to win ball games. He's made a lot of the right decisions. As Aaron said, he has a great command of this offense. He's said countless times that how much he likes this offense and how he much does. he likes this rapport with McCarthy. And it looks like it. It looks like he's playing the game that way. He's playing the game. Like, he's trusting guys, he's trusting the scheme, he's trusting his reads, and he's delivering the football. And that's why the, the Dallas Cowboys are in the position they are right now, is because he has played so well. Okay, here's the irony of this to me. When Aaron was in Green Bay, low those many years, obviously, for many of those years, Mike McCarthy called his plays. Together, they went as a road wildcard team, and they won a Super Bowl, albeit long ago in a galaxy far, far away. It was 13 years ago, but they did that. And because Mike McCarthy wears a Super Bowl ring, owns one, I think that's why Jerry Jones hired him. For the first couple of years, I couldn't figure out what Mike McCarthy actually did as the head coach of the Cowboys because I figured Jerry was the de facto unofficial head coach of the Cowboys and that Mike pretty much did whatever Jerry and Steven told him to do. All of a sudden, it was Mike's idea to say, I, I've had enough of Kellen Moore. He's out and I'm in. I'm going to elevate myself into play caller. Well, what were all those bombshell stories the last couple of years as Aaron and Mike McCarthy fell apart? They all indicated that Aaron had little to no respect for Mike McCarthy as his play caller and his head coach. And now Dak has nothing but respect for Mike McCarthy because it feels like Mike calling the plays and running the offense, setting it up through the week, has turned around Dak's career because I've never seen him play at this level this consistently and to Keyshawn's point all he does is just rave and rave and rave on about how comfortable he is in McCarthy's offense how free he is 
it's it's sort of weird combination of free and comfortable. It's it's it, everything is working in Dak's mind in this offense, which is what what I love the most. And it even came down again. I respect Aaron's football IQ at the highest level, and his point was that he likes to watch Dak operate the offense at the line of scrimmage. He'll check out of a lot of plays. A lot of times I'm like, oh, no, here we go. No, please, Dak, because in the past, every time he, he audibles out, checks, it, it, something goes wrong. But now it always goes right because he's so in command of himself in this offense, even to the point I've talked on this show several times about the crazy cadence stuff because they have this new, here we go. I don't know if you guys hear this, yeah. but they, they've been doing it. I've never yeah, heard it before. Heard. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but in all my years. Not, not from a quarterback. Here we go. But he does it every single time. And for four straight games, they were going on the next sound. The ball would be snapped on the very, here we go. And whatever his next sound was, yeah. the ball gets snapped. And I'd say, man, the defense is pretty soon they're just going to time this up and tear you up. Well, it's, okay. It's, but then against Washington, they started, they they switched it up and yeah. they started going on the second sound and getting them to jump. So yeah, like, it's a, it's the same yeah. as any cadence yeah. though. Instead of going blue twenty eight, yeah. he goes here we go. Yeah. Yeah. But it gets ready, everybody set. ready. Yeah. yeah, it's like I mean, ready set. It's I cute. Yeah. It's, it's usually new. color number, color number. Yeah, it's but, something yeah. new and cute or whatnot. In yeah. terms of what you said about Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy at the end. Yeah. Think about what you said at the end, right? Aaron Rodgers had issue with Mike McCarthy at the end. According to many reports. According to yes, many. Yes. And that's not that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon at all at the end. Ten years yeah, before mean, that, I, there was no issue. Or eight years before that, there was no mm-hmm. issue. Because everything was great. We were winning. Right. And we were going to the right. Super Bowl. And we were always in the mix in the division. It wasn't any issues. Mm. Then the issues came. This is year one and Mike McCarthy calling the offense. There is no issues. It's just like somebody getting married, man. When you get married, everything's great for a while. And then all of a sudden, when it doesn't go well, you're fighting against each other. Mm, you arguing. He is it. You, you should speak for yourself there. Uh, I can speak for myself. I know how it goes. <laughs> I've been divorced, but I know how that so goes, Skip. Yep. You 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 on a nice honeymoon period, and then when it starts going south, everybody – so, you know, now do I think that it's going to go south with Mike McCarthy and, and Dak Prescott? No. No, I don't. But do I still in my heart believe mm-hmm. if some reason the Dallas Cowboys don't wind up in the NFC Championship game that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and, and, and Jerry Jr. and Shy and all the people that's mm-hmm. there will certainly have issue – and start to sniff around for no a potential question. replacement. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yeah. No question. So let's let's, let's not get know. let's not get it confused because we we coming into the season, you're talking about how he's on the hot seat. Nothing from the regular season can change that. It, it can't. If he goes and has the same results that the Cowboys have had, divisional and done. You know the dance, Skip. You know when I get to dancing, yeah, it's bad for you. Okay. So if it gets to that point again, then then again, all this success, all this happiness, all this positive talk is out the window and they're looking for another head coach or they're making Dan Quinn the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So let's not let's not get this regular season fun confused with what the reality is going to be because if you do not make an appearance at least in the NFC Championship game, you guys will be looking for another head coach and that's my belief and that's that was your belief before I the season started. That's still my belief. my belief. Still my okay, belief. This is the last thing I'm going to say about Dak. 
to Keyshawn's point, to Richard's point, the season starts now. If he stays on this tear that he's on against better opponents, even though maybe Seattle's not a great opponent, but oh, better you're admitting opponents. that now. Okay, well, good. Well, okay, well, I'm just going with you. You're the expert. I'm not. I, but, but the point is, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's set up for Dak to make a run. Could he win the MVP? Sure, he could win the MVP because of the quality of building competition. Because of Philadelphia if, and at Buffalo and at Miami. And if he Detroit. wins the division, mm-hmm. then that probably means that they've run the table. Yep. Which probably means that he played extremely well which probably puts him into the serious contention and yep. the conversation, mm-hmm. depending on what Mahomes, Lamar, and Jalen Hurts finish up with. That is correct. I agree. But I don't think y'all going to win the division, nor do I think y'all going okay. on the run. So it's all for nothing. And once we get to the playoffs, then we can have a whole different conversation about Look. divisional and done, and we'll see how that Look. plays out. Skip, Skip, Skip. You better hope Jalen Hurts, because all this stuff, you're talking about Dak's numbers and everything being great. Because of the teams that he's played, well, Jalen Hurts is going to play some tomato cans near the end of the season when people start voting for MVP. So if they're still winning and he gets on a hot streak because he's playing tomato cans who are already booked their vacations, bags already packed, things already getting shipped home, he's going off. He's going to win the MVP of the league. But I do remember you saying Dak Prescott shouldn't be extended. Are you still standing on that? Because I do remember that Absolutely. being something you settled. Absolutely. I said that going into this year because he shouldn't have been. So yeah. so let me ask you this, this, Skip, because I know we got to pay bills. Yeah. <laughs> what will get you to say he needs to be extended? If they get to the Super Bowl? Yeah. I, I'm I done with you, chance. man. No, you're just starting. No, I'm me. finished just with you. I, I'm going to sit back and let you. I'm going to sit back <laughs> yeah. and let you take us a commercial yeah. break. All right. <laughs> Up next. You, you want to read this? You could read it. Will James Harden's Clippers ever turn it around? You took us to break. Way to go. That, 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 a way to set, that a way to set me up with the James Harden, because you know how I feel about that. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Monday night here in L.A., the Clippers collapsed in the fourth quarter and lost to a Nuggets team without Jokic, without Jamal Murray without Aaron Gordon, without their three best players. All-time shameful. The Clippers are now 4-7 and seven since James Harden joined them. So, John Sally back with us again. Can a Clipper team featuring four future Hall of Famers figure this out, turn this around, and contend for the NBA title? I'm not convinced. I, I Listen, I think my two ex-teammates, Brian Shaw and, and Ty Lue, are brilliant. Mm. I think they're a great that they are sitting together working with this squad. But the fact that they brought in Harden uh, once the season started, he had a situation, you know what he was going back and forth with in, in Philadelphia, uh, leaving with a bad taste in his mouth. I think, and, and I looked at it, I watched the game. I love Kawhi's game. That's one of my favorite players. And as we spoke about yesterday, the way that Westbrook attacks the basket, I think they should hand the ball to James Harden and say, all right, you're in charge. And once they put him in charge, he will then distribute the ball to where it needs to be, and then they would have some form. If not, they're just saying, okay, Paul George, you go. All right, Kawhi, you go. Now the ball. That's not the way it, no. it needs to be done. It needs to be distributed. And he has literally taken his game. He's not saying anything. He has more assists than everybody else, but he's not doing what he normally does what the beard normally does. So I think I think 
Ty Lue said he didn't know what he was going to do. Maybe it took him 10 games. Now it's going to take 82 games. I think he should give the ball to James Harden and say, run the show. Mm. You, know, you know, Sal, it, when Ty Lue said 10, I said, okay, about 15. So they had 11 right. since Harden joined the team at 4-7. and seven, But they're 4-2 and two in the last six. So I, I understand the way it looked in the Nuggets game because when I found out Jokic wasn't playing, I really wasn't tuning into it. I mean, I was tuning in and out just because. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, Murray. And then you look up and you're like, well, wait a minute. Clippers should be winning this game. It didn't happen. So I think because of that, when they had everybody available for the Clippers, all the stars aligned, and now all of a sudden the air was let out of the balloon, everybody is now looking at it and saying, can this work with James Harden? Absolutely it can. Mm-hmm. Man, you, you, you have to give it time. We live in a microwave society where everything has to be right now. It's called patience. They're not, they're not e- the, we're not even a quarter through the season to start talking about can this work and, and look no further than what the Lakers did a year ago. They went out, they made some trades and acquisitions late in the year. They got better. This team yeah, obviously did. Second, they got immediately better. Like well, of you course. just see it overnight. Uh, of course, Skip. Yeah. But they, like Sal just said, they brought in James Harden. He had no training cap with him. He just he trying to figure it out. He's still trying to. Figure it out. Well, he's trying what? to play his way in shape to start with. Well, I mean, he is what he is, man. He's going to be what he's going to be. <laughs> I mean, he ain't, you know, that's just what his body is. It's yeah. genetics, right? So when you look at it, though, Skip, 11 games in, give it another four, five, six, seven. Mm. See where it's at. We are not even out of the month of December, and we're acting like the Clippers are just done. They're not going to contend. Well, okay, the Nuggets are there. They're going to contend, right? Is Golden State going to contend? Everybody no. seems to be – see, everybody seems to be writing them off. Mm-hmm. They're just writing them – they're writing Golden State off like they did a couple years ago, and look what happened. They wind up winning the damn championship. Mm-hmm. You know, is the is Kings – that what you're picking? I, I did no. not say that, no. Skip. I didn't say – I'm trying to explain to you and educate you on why the Clippers are going to stay in the mix. Mm-hmm. You're trying to tell me, because Harden joins the team, that he's such a divisive individual no, he's that – not divisive. I mean, he's divisive with management. He quit his way out of three straight teams. Well, well, that's a whole other conversation. Yes, he left other teams for various reasons. Mm -hmm. We could go on and on about that. But if you give him an opportunity, a chance to figure it out with Ty Lue and B. Shaw, as Sally said, then maybe things will change where they won't win Mm -hmm. four to six. They'll win eight or ten, and then maybe you'll be happy then. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody Somebody has to take the lead. You got to give it to him because Agreed. he is—he is the two-time MVP. He is. He will change the way that team works. I'm telling you, just got to give him. He led the league in assists last year. He had the MVP that he was assisting, but you know, one hand greased the other. Went yeah. back and forth between those two. Okay, so the point is that what we do, Keyshawn, on this show is. Is we take a stand. What what are you seeing so far? And and you're saying, well, I it's still I see enough that this team could contend for this year's a- championship. A- absolutely, right? I okay. believe so. Right. Okay. Because when I look at the conference, mm-hmm. we got the Nuggets, and we're still trying to figure out the Suns. Mm-hmm. We're still just like the Clippers. Yep. Right. We're, like we're still, still try- trying to figure out the Lakers. We're still yeah. trying to figure out the Lakers. But yeah. we got the Nuggets here, despite you know whatever, and we got them here. What well, are champions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was a year ago, Sal. <laughs> it's, it, it's still the champion until I, somebody I, beats yeah, them. No, I understand. I understand. Right. But okay. we're trying to figure it out. I don't, don't think that unless they give the ball to James Harden and say, hey, lead us to, I, to what we I, need to do. I think they're, they're doing lose. that. 
And I think that's the correct way because it's the only way. Mm-hmm. So far, he's averaging 33 minutes, and Westbrook seems happy enough being the fire starter on the second unit, being the Austin Reeves, or if I can go to the highest level, the Manu Ginobili. Mm-hmm. But so far, Westbrook is averaging 25 minutes while James is 33. So he's playing and he's finishing the game more than Russ is finishing the game. And the offense is in his hand. But the point is, early on, I know it's early, but when you have four Hall of Famers, four future Hall of Famers on the floor, usually the basketball IQ is high enough that right away you'll see some rhythm among the four. You'll see some feel among the four like, yeah, we know how to do this together. We'll figure this out on the fly. And you'll see plays where you'll say, that worked. That was good. I don't ever see a play where I say, ooh, that worked, because I see little to no chemistry among the four of them. I still see your turn or your turn. James is like, okay, Kawhi, you go, and it's all one-on-one stuff. It's all solo act. It's all iso ball. You go or Paul, you go. And so far, they haven't been able to get Kawhi and Paul hot on the same night, and I don't know why. One will be way off. One will be semi-on. And yet it's contributed to four and seven because – James is just deferring. He's, he's mostly distributing. What's the average? He's, he's 14, 5, and 6. They're all career low type numbers for him because he's led this league in scoring, obviously. He's been the MVP of this league. Mm-hmm. So he is sacrificing himself just as Russ is. But in the end, do those two, the, the, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again, that they have what I call losing intangibles about them because in the postseason, you can't trust either one of them. I don't care what you say. I can just show you chapter and verse through the postseason. Can that co- I love that coaching staff. Can it overcome that? All the, that, that coaching staff is deep. You can go way down yes. the, the bench in those guys because all of them know what they're doing. So maybe they can figure out how to put Russ and ultimately James in the correct positions to win basketball games, but it's not going to be easy with those two because I think they're both ultimately uncoachable. You, you, you know they're four and two in the last six. Mm-hmm. I understand the four and seven yeah. number is a sexy number yeah. to grab, but they're four and two in the last six, which means that James Harden, in the beginning when he got there, they were losing until they start trying to figure things out slowly. Yep. So they won four of the last six. And that trend is going to continue really? for them, although they dropped the one against the Nuggets. Yeah, but they and I hate the Clippers. They didn't just drop it. <laughs> and I hate the Clippers. Keyshawn, they I, lost the fourth I, quarter 36-16. I understand. I get it. I understand that. And, I, and I'm just telling you from my eyes and what I see, yeah. they're trying to figure things out. Yes, it may be such that – you go, I go, you go, I go. Sally, you played in the yeah, NBA. You got to do it that you, way. You, you have to make the adjustments. We are all creatures of habit in what we are used to. If I'm used to ISO ball and then all of a sudden in 11 games, you telling me in, in, in week, uh, uh, the third, fourth game, yep. hey, we need to run this set. I'm yep. like, well, what does that mean? Hmm. It's a shock to the system. You, you know what's yeah. funny to me? James Harden has chemistry with one player on that team. And it's the center, Big Zoo, because they'll pick and roll and it works because James can really pick and roll. But he's having a hard time picking and rolling with with Paul or Kawhi. Because you can switch. You can switch. You can switch. All right. Up next, it's time once again, Young Money. We're going to talk Cowboys. Here we go. Really? (laughs) 
It is time once again for Young Money, as Keyshawn and I are joined by Lil Wayne, protégés, Yella Beasy from Dallas, Alan Cubas from New Orleans to talk Cowboys. Keyshawn has beat me over the head all season long with the fact that my Cowboys, Yella's Cowboys, haven't beaten anybody any good. Am I lying? But that's about to change. Now the Cowboys have to run through this gauntlet of Seahawks, Eagles, at Bills, at Dolphins, Lions, at Commanders. So, Alan, you being the Saints fan, Cowboys skeptic that you are, please you go first. Of these final six games, how many do the Cowboys lose? I think they're going to lose three of them, Skip. I think okay. in the ideal world, if everything goes right, they get four. Realistically, I see them winning three games and finishing this. Um, these last six games going three and three. You know, I think the Cowboys are going to continue to do what they've done all season, which is what good teams do, which is beat the teams and win the games they're supposed to. But what they haven't done is what great teams do, which is beat the good teams. As Keyshawn saying, to piggyback off what he's been saying. So I can see them getting to three and three. And um, I think the most important game is this one coming up against Seattle. They got to get this one so they can lock up that yeah, and, and that's the same thing that I, I say, Skip. I, I look at it at three and three. I, I, I give them as it stands today, unless I sleep on it tonight and get mad at you in my sleep and wake up and change my mind when I come in and pick Seattle. But I think they get past Seattle, and I think they're going to skid mm-hmm. with, the, with the Eagles. So you've already picked them to lose three straight. Yes, right? Eagles, right. Bills. Dolphins lose, they, lose, lose. Yeah, and then they come back home and they they they're, they're such in a desperate situation that they beat Detroit, and then all of a sudden they go to Washington. They beat Washington with a fired coach, and then they go eleven and six on the 11 season. And six. That's all what right. that's what I have. All right, Yellow, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, fine. I, 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 I feel like I feel like we go four and one. I mean, we seen we seen all these teams. Yeah, don't look at me like that. Yeah, we seen these teams this spoke. We know Josh Allen probably good to throw it off in the, in the red zone. Uh, I mean, throw an intercept in the red zone yep. or overthrow somebody. You know what I'm saying? We seen how good we played against the Eagles. And I feel like, okay, we at home this time, so we ain't really just got too much face to rest like we did in Philly. Every, I'm going to keep saying it, and everybody is, is proof in the pudding. When you go to Philly, you can't have no close game. For what? The referees is going to how tie you down. We see this from previous games thus far. Yep, I ain't trying to hear it. I ain't going to let you give me this time. I can't let you do that. I just can't. Mm. I feel like we can stop the Seahawks. I feel like I feel like this team, like, we can only beat ourselves, really, when it comes to this situation, honestly. Yep. Like, I feel like we can see every team owner exposed, like, from each other, if you, if that's what you want to say. And I feel like we got a good chance at a, a good four-on-one. Skip, okay. I so, think that you guys are doing... He yeah. favored to beat the Seahawks. I think the Garland starts in the next three games following that. Those next three games, I think, are going to be super tough. And so like y'all, I said, honestly, y'all honestly feel like when we go when we go to Bills, like we don't got no chance. You don't feel like it's it's an even matchup. All right, but let me make a point, Yellow. Even if Philly was to lose to San Francisco, and then Dallas was to beat Philly, Philly essentially has a three game lead opposed to a two game lead. Even if they was to be head to head with the same record. Dallas got three conference losses. Philly's only loss came out of the conference. So they would still have that head-to-head tiebreaker. So I think best-case scenario for Dallas is to beat Seattle, lock up that fifth spot, 
which would still have them playing a playoff game on the road to start off. Like I said, being a Saints fan, I remember that beast weight game when we was 11 and five and played a seven and nine Seattle team and still lost. We never know what could happen when you get in that playoff game. It's going to be a motivated team that really has nothing to lose. Yep. So, yes, I think hey, that's case scenario. Hey, is- well, you, you're, you're talking about playoffs right now. We're talking about the five game that we facing. We, we, you don't even jump the jump the room. We're talking about the five. And we oh, it's playoff implications, you know? It's implications. Yeah, this game against yeah, Seattle. Yeah. That, that, that wasn't the question. The question was how many games you see that we win out of these five? No, it's six. You got six. You got six games. Oh, six games. Yeah, Yellow's got us five he, and one. You, you, you nervous, man? Because you done, You keep saying five and it's six. Skip. Mm-hmm. Y'all I mean, getting ready I mean, to play I mean, Seattle. Seattle has won yeah. one game in the last four. Okay. That is not above 500. Okay, so well, they uh, are above 500. Yeah, the total record. I'm looking at the last four games. Parcell says you are what your records say you are. You're yeah. a winning football. Yeah. We just play who on the schedule. That's okay. how I see it. We didn't play who on the schedule. That's all the thing we can do is play the schedule. I, I, hey, man, I picked the Cowboys to win this game. And as long as Skip yeah. doesn't get on my nerves between now <laughs> and tomorrow, into tomorrow's show, I'm going to keep picking the Cowboys mm-hmm. in this game, this game. But not against the Eagles. Okay. I want to say I'm with Yellow on this because I believe our team is so hot right now. It is so arrived. It is so showing you that it has Super Bowl potential that it will close out winning five of the last six. I'll have them. I'll give you at Dolphins because the Dolphins got both the corners back now. They're, they're whole. Y'all got C.D. Lamb, though. Okay, we got C.D. Lamb. And I wouldn't be shocked if we and win And they out. lost Jalen Phillips. Okay, I wouldn't be shocked if we win out. The, the, the game we're going to win is at Buffalo because their defense is not what it used to be. And that's why Jalen and company survived because they don't have Matt Milano. They don't have Travis White in the secondary. And Josh Allen is a turnover machine. So I believe we can go to Buffalo. If it's in the snow, it's in the snow. And we so you so y'all gonna win out? No, I said well, we'll lose at Miami. But, but I, would I be shocked if we won it? No, not well, at so all. So you on the fence? No, I'm not on the fence. I, I'm I'm actually over the fence. I'm over I, the moon. I just, I, I just have a lot of confidence going into um, Buffalo. Not not trying to be funny. Just like you say, the defense, and then. Our defense, well, I know what we'll do to Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? Like, how he's been playing. Like, I like him. He's a good quarterback. But how yep. he's been playing, you can't do that with us. And we all know that. We all know how our so, defense so is going to just like our offense. So, what quarterback have y'all faced that's like Josh Allen that y'all beaten? Which quarterback? Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. We knocked him out of the game. Matt, All he, did, he was he won the Super Bowl, right? Should have been the MVP, I thought. He won the Super Bowl a hundred years ago. So now, so now, so now he's the same as Josh Allen right now. Josh Allen ain't been hey, knocked out no game. So what you talking about? Play, we can only play on the schedule. I asked you a simple, I asked you a hey, simple listen. Question. You, you, you see, you, you seen, but you seen what we did to uh, to Jalen Hurst. Hey, I told Jalen who? What did you do to Jalen Hurst? Other than him, three yards passing in the fourth We lost the game, but look at the number that we put up. Absolutely. Oh my God! You, 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 you got to stay away from Skip, man. You got to stay away from Skip. You got to listen. For real, stay away from dude. No, 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 no. I didn't say we won the game. Yellow, I just said okay, the Yellow, I got to interrupt because we got to go. Love you both. Thank you. We'll see you next week. But up next, will all those changes LeBron wants to see start tonight in Detroit?
Lakers seven-point favorites tonight at Detroit against the Pistons, who have lost 14 straight, who have the NBA's worst record at 2-15 and 15, after LeBron suffered the worst loss of his career on Monday night in Philadelphia by 44. He said a lot must change. Keyshawn, will a lot change tonight in Detroit? I don't know that a lot will change in terms of the lineup and things like that, but I think they'll play better. They, they're certainly been put on notice by King James and, and guys like Austin Reeves and, and D'Lo. They've got to play better, and Anthony Davis has got to step up and become the guy in this situation. LeBron James is certainly tired of carrying the load. Mm. Richard. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm, tired, I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of guys, you know, you, you, we keep saying Anthony Davis is a superstar and then he has average performances against other superstars. You have a matchup against Joel Embiid, you got to show up big. I think things are going to change. They're going to come out motivated. I mean, this is a bad team. I'm hoping this isn't a normal bad Lakers game against a bad team. Well, I'm that's praying. A very good point. Lakers still down four rotation players, all very important. So tonight needs to be about LeBron and AD. I think they both need to shoulder the load and take care of business against an extremely beatable team, albeit on the road. I want to see the Lakers win this game by a very comfortable 10 points. You there? Me too. Sean? Oh, yeah. Too. No, no. I, I, I just want to see him win. Yeah. I, I don't care if it's By 10 or 2. Spot. Just win. All right. That is it for us for Undisputed. We're back tomorrow, 930 Eastern. And I can't wait.